So you see, I'd had so much cold mackerel pie, I just had to blow off. <laughs> Wait, blow who off? Oh, good question. Uh... Funnily enough, that is a line stolen from uh, Sir Henry Rollins and then by Vivian Stanshall. What? Bonds Dog Doodah Band, lead vocalist. Okay. Yeah, no, no idea. That's not his now, now I get it. Now I'm laughing. Now yeah, it makes now sense. I'm, now I'm really. Everybody, anybody listening to this over the age of forty-five finds that hilarious. We don't have a oh, listener yeah. over the age of fifteen. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, Mike. You know, Michael Field's Tubal Bells. Yes. You know the bit in it where it's like introducing on trombone. No, because I've never actually listened to the whole thing. Wow. You uncultured swine. Yep. Yeah, these are some deep cuts early on. That's you know, what they call me. Put some, be- put some beer in me and it's early 70s prog rock. <laughs> and, and comedians from the from the Cambridge Footlights. How much so. beer do we have to put in you to get to Rush? <laughs> or do we have to also... That depends on how quick I have to be. Hey! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big Damn Cast. This episode is about the fuck knows. My name is Christopher. There's a dog on my feet, Johnson. My name is Christopher. There was a dog on my feet, Johnson. And we are joined this week by a very special returning guest here for his, whatever the fourth time of a hat trick is, it's Christopher Charlie Johnson. Which are about to be on my feet, Johnson, (laughs) this little doggy. Charlie, See no Johnson, hear no Johnson. <laughs> Speak no Speak Johnson. No Johnson. <laughs> T- touch no Johnson. Oh Definitely not. Welcome back to Big Damn Cast. Thank you for having me, boy. Ha- have we hit the diminished returns for you yet? Oh, for, for me, no. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm worried about your listeners and their very high standards of quality that they're used to. That was some low-key shade right there. I love it. Look, there's a formula. We talk about pop culture and every now and again when the ratings drop, we mention Doctor Who. Yeah. For some reason, it spikes. It spikes. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's okay. the solution. That's the thumbnail to this is just going to be a picture of Tom Baker in a cabbage. <laughs> And the face drawn on it. Doctor Who, we like it. Footage found. Deep cuts, hot takes. Deep, deep cuts, hot takes on this 50-something-year-old show. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? Tom Baker was going to have a companion. He demanded it at one point. He, he wanted, wanted a companion. talking cabbage on It was a talking show. cabbage on a Right. Show. He wanted that. At the height of its power, that's you, what he wanted. Do you know why? Because he's a fucking madman. He is. He's a crazy person. And And the thing about that is, of course, it never happened. It was a project that never came to be. Uh, Which brings us, gentle listener, to the semi-topic of this filth bag. Yeah. Uh, Charlie. A while back. Yes. A wee while back now, based on whatever the hell this is. Yeah. <laughs> Some time long since passed. Mm, the, the land before time, mm-hmm. but, but still post-email. You emailed the show. Email. I did. Saying, please, as I, dear God, stop. I do sometimes. <laughs> I semi-regularly email you just to check you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> you're like the neighbour whose who's other neighbour has gone to hospital for a little bit and you're just popping in every two days to put some flakes in the fish tank. Just, yeah, just to, just to you know, sniff under the door to check for smell. Oh. Just, oh. Mm. 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 And you emailed to say... Go to the below and see if there's any moisture coming yeah. <laughs> To see if your corpses have, in fact, liquefied. <laughs> well, the thing is, we, we both own cats, so 
It yeah, oh, you'll be gone. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't be anything left. Stage, yeah. Right down to the fucking bone by the end of yeah. day two. By the time I end up finding you, it'll just be an eyeless skull. <laughs> Where's Matt? And why did he leave this novelty skeleton in the living room? <laughs> <laughs> What's going oh, on? Oh, it's all sticky. Just like the email that you sent in. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Which uh, you, 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 you always send wonderful questions. When you send questions, you always set us off on... Basically, episode-fulfilling tangents. I mean, never prepared for it. I had a bunch of ideas <laughs> for casting the Metal Gear Solid movie that, after that... we answered the question, and I've since forgotten them again. But to the I... point where that became the episode title and main subject. Well, because I... Because it was the most sort of like, oh, yeah! It was the most interesting thing we said that entire episode. I, <laughs> like, presumably a lot of your listeners, like to hear the pair of you waffle. Oh, which is, yes! Which is something, incidentally, Waffles. you're both very good at. We're so good. So you know, so I like, I like, I do like to pose these uh, questions multi-tiered if if I can, uh, just to kind of hear you, kind of trying to get a train of thought going through the station, and oh, see kind of where dreams. you end up. Um, mind and, the gap. Yeah, quite. Dreams. Otherwise, you may get sucked off. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Off the edge. Off the edge. Of, oh, yeah, okay. of the, of the of platform. Of course, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you're yes, lucky. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't remember quite how I phrased the original question, but it was um, to do with uh, projects that n- never quite made it to light. Yeah. And, yeah, things that, things that could have been. Yes, and it goes in the world of entertainment and pop culture more projects don't get made than do get made and things get to various stages of development sometimes very late in the day sometimes things even get completed yeah. and are put on the shelf or killed off entirely for reasons well, we may I, never find out on a recent episode we mentioned the uh, still in limbo new mutants yes which, which is currently languishing somewhere it's the things shot. we made they, they done they had a, a film crew and they had actors and they had writers well, and producers all of whom were working for god knows how many months it's been done and now it's all it's all just on a shelf just kind of collecting dust it's done to the point where there was a lot of rumours of reshoots to which Maisie Williams and uh, Charlie Heaton recently responded they never happened yeah we never did any reshoots. Unless... We don't know what's going on with it. Unless it was done aside from them and was a B-plot or stuff added to it, which I wouldn't be surprised. Like not calling back two principal actors for reshoots. What are they doing with it? Adding an entire plot where I'm Mr. Sinister is in an office watching it all happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah. I'm just saying that's weird. Mm. By sheer coinkydink, that was also your inaugural episode of the It was, cast. I remember. And I remember being thoroughly underwhelmed when I saw it then. <laughs> And but you still can't, can't be asked to see it now. I, I, I can't say that my feelings on it have shifted hugely other yeah. than to say, oh, it's mildly more interesting by the fact that it's not coming out. Yeah, yeah like, that's probably... It's, it's becoming a cinematic oddity by its non-existence. The, tra- the, train, the seeming train wreck nature of its release is is making it a must-see. And that, well, that's kind of, on the basis of the hell's happening. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the tantalising nature of these things that never came out, is even if they end up being shit. Like, the fact that they... It's that... That promise of something mm. potentially great that we never got to see. Your imagination fills out the gaps. Yes. Because you can be given a sort of fairly bare bones elevator pitch of what this thing could be. Yes. And you, with the kind of breadth and you know inf- infinity of your imagination, can, can, can expand on that and, and dream up something that's... You know, potentially quite spectacular, which may not ever be in the realms of possibility, actual, realistically no, no, possible. No, no. But 
it 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 becomes this kind of sort of sort of exercise in fantasy, which I thought was uh, the, an interesting tangent for you two to go on last time. I asked the what if comic of the soul, quite quite like yeah. For example, um, the Green Lantern movie that never happened that was meant to with Jack Black in the lead role. Uh, I'm sorry. Tell me about this. So. A Green Lantern film was pitched in the mid-2000s. Yeah. I believe Black was involved in the writing. I don't think he pitched it, but he was asked on board once he was like pitched as the, the actor who would be in it. Um, a Green Lantern movie where... Uh, in a, who's, the, who's, the, who's the alien who gives Hal Jordan the ring? Uh, Abin Sur. Abin Sur. So it's an Abin Sur-esque figure lands on Earth. Was, or it, crash lands on was Earth. he played by Kyle Gass? No, but that would have been amazing. But, um, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Mistakenly gives the ring to the wrong person. Like he obviously oh. like crashes knowing that he's going to give it to someone noble and, and you know and true and with a strong will who could take mm. up the mantle of the lantern, but gives it to the wrong dude. And gives then... it to not the real guy, just a tribute. <laughs> That's been the episode, guys. It's not going to get better. Than that, to be honest, that was smooth. We'll see you all in the future. <laughs> you set him up and knock him down. <laughs> Just like a film pitch that doesn't get picked up. Oh, 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 this is fascinating. And the finale was going to include um, various DC characters in imagined green, like, corporeal mm. what's it, and Warner Brothers Looney Tunes-esque characters in a final battle sort of thing. They would be the weapons he uses because that was the stuff that he, he knew. And rock music was going to play a big part in it, like album cover artwork. Of course was play a thing in it, it was. So like proper like, sort of metal, like Iron Maiden... Metal album covers just coming. Like the cover of the cover of um, was it Trooper or whatever comes to life and tramples yeah, over the Yeah, Eddie just comes in, just absolutely just clearing house. That'd be amazing. So, so it's very very specific. One person, Ready Player One. But yeah. with Jack Black in the lead. Yeah. So shallow Hal Jordan. Oh, that's it for this week, let's do it. It's not going to get better than that. Oh. We'll see you next week, for Big Damn Quaid. Oh, very good. Shallow Hal so, Jordan. So oh this, my god. So this. In terms of like the, um, I'm gonna try and find the, this the, the landscape that this 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 film was being pitched in. So mid 2000s. So we've had two Spidermans, two Spidermans, a Batman reboot, or just about to be a Batman reboot in the form so, of Batman. But the MCU begins. and all that sort of stuff hadn't quite kicked off yet. We were in the mm. heyday of look at all these superhero movies that you're going to be ashamed of one day. Right. Okay. Like Electra. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, even more so. Having that kind of sort of weird send up yeah. of that kind of superhero film with having mm. the wrong guy gets given this sort of god given ability that could work now really yeah well. it's what it sounds like sounds like what Shazam might end up being yeah there's a similar like kind of this, this thing kind of, of the, you really shouldn't be in charge yeah yeah, sort yeah, of power, yeah, but yeah you've got it and let's see what happens so I like the tick in a way yes like the, the idea of like are you sure this is the person to be doing this yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> Season two, that's coming out really soon. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Germany. So excited, I might say, Matthew, levitate that beer toward me. Ooh. Ooh. Please, please, behind me the beer. I can't get up because yeah. I'm large. Um, so. <laughs> Theatre of the mind. Theatre of the mind for the viewer I mean, of the soul. Green Lantern didn't turn out well, even when they got other people involved. Like, so we didn't really. In the words of Ryan Reynolds, in 2009's Green Lantern, I know, right? I 2011's, know, right? Oh, 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 wow, yeah, yeah. we're in a post-Dark Knight world when that piece of shit was released. Yeah, oh yeah. But Mark Strong. But oh, Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Mm. Oh my God, Mark Strong's played three supervillains. 
Yes. Kick ass. Well, well, yeah, kick kick. Well, he's not super villains. Villain but movies, not necessarily super villains. Yeah. I wouldn't call the guy well, kick ass a super villain. Well, he's the main villain of the book. Yeah, yeah. He's played Arch Nemesis. Well, even then, I suppose. Uh, and Sinistro, Sinestro wasn't a super villain in Green Lantern. He became one in the post credits for a sequel that for definitely sequel. was going to happen, guys. Guys, anyone? Angus Cross. That was supposed to be the beginning of the DCEU. The DC Cinematic Universe oh, was Green Lantern. That's, and, that's, and the that's tag why was Sinestro. Yeah. And that's why they introduced <laughs> things like Amanda Waller. Yeah, that, of course. To yeah. sort of build a wider universe. Oh, wait, is she in that? that? I've never seen Green Lantern. We've seen it. We have seen it. Have I, we? I we've watched, watched, we sat down and watched it on Amazon Prime back when we were living in, um, in Stockholm. Have I just completely excised Very, it from my brain? It's not that you've excised it from your brain, it's that it's almost entirely forgettable. <laughs> your, brain, your, your brain has made room for better things. It's not things. even that it's... I mean, it's bad. Mm. But it's not even that it's so terribly bad it's it sticks in your brain. It's so bad it just sort of passes out the other end I of it. I guess it must. I've got I, I genuinely have no recollection of ever having watched it's that film. Not very good. I watched the last forty five minutes in a hotel room in California because we'd come from Universal really heavy morning. Lou was knackered, had a nap, I didn't feel sleepy, it was just channel hopping, we saw this and went, This can't be that bad. And then I've, by the it credits rolls like bad. this is and also, you do seem to like to self-flagellate with your entertainment. I do a bit. <laughs> that is something that <laughs> Don't I'm... we all? Well. All three of us have been guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. together. You yeah. guys used to ritualistically... Hey. Hey. Stop flirting with me. <laughs> so you guys used to ritualistically put, do it. We put did. down that copy of Season of the Witch. I feel, I feel like one I'd... of you was Paul Bettany and the other was a cat of nine tails. Yeah, the, like, um... <laughs> ritualistically do this to yourselves. The, the kind of... Uh, Foundations of our friendship, I feel, were forged on terrible in, in the fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, uh, forged in garbage shock. movies. <laughs> garbage movies in Game of Thrones. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> one palate cleansed the other. Yeah, yeah. Which, which did which? Who knows? Who, Who's to say? Who can say? Who can say? Which brings us back to New Mutants. Um, <laughs> no, well, quite. No, New Mutants isn't happening. Um, but it's not the well. <laughs> there was another big team movie that. I mean, we've talked about this before. That we touched on this, I think, it in, didn't, in response to your... Yeah, yeah, because it's the, one, it's the one that immediately comes to mind when you think of, particularly comic book movies, that were almost made. Mm. And that's George Miller's Justice League. Yes. Justice League Mortal. Mortal yeah. They were about mm. to shoot it. Mm. Well, mm. It was cast. Yeah. On the Sets cost. were built. Costumes were done. They'd done test photos. There are test photos of the acting Blurry as hell test around photos, there. which makes it look really bad because they're obviously not lit and edited and then, the way that they would be mm, for release. They pulled it. Yeah. They Did just you, pulled it. Because what was the... was? I don't suppose they need to give any reasons, do they? Because it's not as if it's... This is on the slate. This has a release date. Da, 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 so we have to go... We as Warner Brothers have to get out in front of it and say, oh, this is... Uh, blah, it blah, blah, blah. was. It didn't make it. As, so they didn't. They made no. Is there? A, is there a publicly said reason as to why it died? It was the writer's strike. Okay. It was about to roll. The writer's strike happened, delayed the production, and then it just kept delaying it to the point where, basically, killing it softly. Warner Brothers killed it off because what happened around the same time was the Dark Knight came out. Ah, that will that that will be the nail, really. One and, which is interesting because uh, this, this like, shows that they were open to multiverses. Yeah, at the time. because like, Army be... Hammer was Batman in mm-hmm. this. But this is the very much a pre-Army Hammer, Army Hammer. Yeah, it's a, it's a pre- uh, before Social Network, before yes, you know, like, Army Gavel. Yes, yeah, but by one point, literally, because people did think Cadet he was Hammer. twins when that film came out, like two, three years later. Yeah, so he was not hardly a big name. 
No. no yeah, no. this was this was this pre-Army Hammer, Army Hammer. Despite this the fact that he possibly has the best superhero I mean, name. That is a he always name. Have, he's got a ready-built superhero name. That is Army, a name. Hammer. Army, Army Hammer. The US military's I mean, greatest superhuman. We had, a, we had a hell of a fucking cast. We had DJ Katrona was Superman. Army Hammer was Batman. Um, Megan Gale was Wonder Woman. Um, Common was... The John Stewart Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. I like Common. Adam Brody was the Flash. I like Adam Brody. Jay, Jay Barrichel was the lead villain, Maxwell Lord. Uh, Which is he, interesting because I was like, wouldn't, that, wouldn't he be too young for Jay Maxwell Bar- Yeah, because he's, he's about 35 now, isn't he? Yeah, but you do, you do like a sort of up and come because even then like yeah. the up and come on Silicon Valley tech nerd thing was a thing so it would have been probably oh my god Warner the... Brothers have always been fixated on doing a younger dorky version of big villains yeah so it would have been a sort of oh shit like Lex Batman the Superman Lex thing probably that's probably. terrible um, that's a thing they've held on to for 8 plus years Hugh Keith Burn who is Immortan Joe in Fury Road. Yeah. Oh. Rumours are he was Martian Manhunter, but I don't know if that was ever confirmed. Because I don't think there are any... Manhunter is in that leaked photo, but you can't see properly who yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, so they think that was Martian <clears throat> Manhunter. But yeah, it, it it was so close. But then it it came out, um, the writer's strike came along, they pushed it back to July 2008. To deal with all that then shit. Dark Knight came out and they basically just buried it because they, they decided they wanted to do... Cause also, More like this. Iron Man had just come out <clears throat> yeah. and Marvel started yeah. talking about their idea to do the Avengers. So Warner Brothers then went, yeah, maybe we should do this as individual Because that's the thing you have to remember that bef- before Avengers, the idea of having... A series of single films culminating, up, yeah, culminating yeah. in a group team up thing was just such new ground. It never been done. Never been done before. Certainly not in that way. No, no. Um, shared universes had happened in film before. Universal monsters but, slash Abbott and Costello yeah, films, like they were not, on the same. Not in that world. sort of building up this long form narrative over the, the closest thing to it was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back because several characters from the previous films were yeah. in the same. And film, that was, but it was never a, like a but that's, team yeah, up that, story. that's almost like paying lip service to stuff that's already happened. Whereas this was, yeah, yeah. like Iron Man leading into whatever was Thor leading into Captain America all of them we're going to get you to like these four characters yeah. you're going to throw two more in along the way and you're going to be fucking yeah. excited to see them all in a film together it's it's and so the idea of having Justice League it wasn't Justice League Dark was it that was, that Justice, was, League, that, that Justice was League Dark that was the game we'll get to Justice League Dark that, that, that's later uh, Justice League Mortal it was, it was so, yeah, just having them all grouped together like that yeah, yeah. like that's not necessarily a, what was DC doing spunking their load like that but that's then like, that's when Dark Knight comes out and literally makes a billion and a half dollars, they were doing this at the same time as the Dark Knight. It was, yeah, it so was it, shooting. You think because they're presumably people have been kept on retainer, oh, yeah. and yeah. crews are having to kind of be on standby, and so that must have just been costing, just burning which money. Is, which is why it, they eventually pulled the plug. So on. I mean, I can kind of see why I wouldn't see the light of day, but I would like to see a version of it. Oh like, yeah, got a DC animated. Yeah, like have a word with yeah. George Miller and get that the script thing. It will be it will be a uh, version of it. Like yeah. most of the DC animated originals have been for the last five years, but it'll like, still be cool. To have see room to dream. What if it wasn't meh? What if it was good? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that script's floating around online. A I, lot of the scripts for the films we're going to talk about here are, are floating around online. I bet it was a lighter tone 
and that's why they can. That, I, that was like that was that was I, that I've was one of the of final it, nails. From what from from the things you see of it, yeah, it looks it, like it was probably because the lesson that Warner's got Martian Manhunter in it, so he's like mm. inherently a bit dorky. That's true. But lessons that's that other true. other studios learned and Warner Brothers learned from Dark Knight's success was we've got to make it all dark and gritty, which is why mm. Man of Steel was what as grounded as it was. Despite being about a shiny alien boy in red underpants, well, being grounded about, about because it's a film about a guy who literally is not grounded, who literally yeah. is flying around yeah, yeah. all over the place. But he's also Jesus. <laughs> but he's also relatable. But he's Jesus, let's, guys. Let's guys, ground, he's Jesus. Let's ground this concept that we've got about a flying superhero. Like, c- come the fuck on. Yeah, a, a bumpkin alien who can fly. I know, right? And I think they're starting to get that. Yes, Shazam definitely. Based on what? Oh, Shazam! Like you mean the yeah. early impressions of Shazam? We haven't seen it yet. Uh, As of uh, the recording of this episode, uh, yeah. very positive. Aquaman was a mess, but a very fun mess. Yeah, yeah. because it didn't take itself yeah. very seriously. And was colourful um, and bright and, and yeah. just silly. And of course, Aquaman was the beautiful equivalent of having keys dangled in front of your face. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like okay. <laughs> of course, right. there are people out there going. There's no substance oh, to this, but fun. well, you know, it's just leading to the homogenization of the genre. I was like, well, there's a reason that those kinds of approaches to the material work, and other approaches to the material don't work mm. as well, if at all. And it's because that's what the material lends itself to. Yeah, it's not that you can't take a different approach. It's that you have to be very. It takes a special kind of voice. For a different approach to work, mm. not the kind of voice that someone like Zack Snyder has. You, yeah, because they think like, wake it, the fuck up, guys. It, Batman kills people. Okay, well, all right, Zach. It doesn't. I don't think that inherently <laughs> that that would have had to have been a negative. Because mm. I think because yeah. like say if you take uh, uh, Adam West and you take Michael Keaton, like they're playing the same character. Yeah, but the approach to it yeah. in both cases are so Absolutely. different but the thing is they're both consistent within the world that they live in yes so uh, and you can't the... argue that they're not true to the source material exactly. as well exactly. yeah. but so you've got this sort of <laughs> sort of operatic gothic version of the city and the tone in the in the Tim Burton stuff and then you've got this kapow bang crash wallop campiness we're the... having an absolute ball yeah. this is so much fun and like, very yeah. like wink wink nudge nudge to the camera almost and so if you were to have a Batman that was that that his sort of the golden rule of his just in this version he doesn't have it he kills yeah. he's a bat he's a giant man it's, bat it's not it's not that he can't kill it's that he shouldn't that shouldn't be option one but also that if he mm. does kill then he deals with the consequences yeah yeah he's exactly not yeah. And, and, and he's the, not just plowing through people on a dock in it's, his tank it's the the important <laughs> thing is less about even Arkham Knight gave it a weird electric thing so yeah. people zapped away from it yeah. to try and get around yeah. it in the open world game. The, he hasn't uh, killed them, he's just chopped them away. Exactly. <laughs> and the, 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 the point is less about <laughs> Batman having a rule and more about the world that Batman lives in having yes. the rule. Yeah. And I think the, yeah, what, oh, yeah. what we've that's, seen that with... the consistency that matters. The reason that a lot of those DC movies recently haven't worked is because they just don't have that all. No, there's no, there's no consistency at all. Or, or logic of any kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, like why, just... these, why are people doing these things? No, none of it makes sense. Why does this thing here? What does this do? Why, what is, why, like, why, 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 what, what, what? But what like... if Superman flew through the White House, kidnapped the president? It's okay, we'll send this crazy woman with a baseball bat to fight yeah. him. Brilliant. Remember suicide, good. I remember how good Suicide Squad was. Um, <laughs> oh, God, woof. I watched about... Because uh, I've, I've finally 
dived in on Amazon Prime and it was there just staring is at it on Prime now yeah, that makes turquoise. me morbidly curious enough to revisit yeah. it I it's watched, not good I watched the oh, first no, five no. minutes oh, of no. that I saw it twice got, got beyond Margot Robbie's first scene I thought okay she's good like I'm, I'm not Margot Robbie's fine in it yeah Will I'm Smith's not, fine in it most of the people are fine in it but then it got to basically just the turgid sitting around the table stuff with um Amanda Waller and um, Re- remaking the previous scene where and she just, talks to just two of them, just and what? it's the same scene, but this time with the Enchantress backstory. Yeah, and it, I just, you know, knowing the kind of baggage it was, the whole rest of the film was coming with, yeah. I was like, I don't think I could sit through this. It is not good. I, I talking about diminishing returns. Like, I think the more I watch this, the like the less I'm yeah. going to get out of it. I've yeah. got everything I need at this point. It's it's. It's terrible. Fucking terrible. I the reason I saw it a second time was because I was trying to describe to Lucy how terrible it was because we'd seen it on like I think we saw it at midnight. We saw it at midnight. Yeah. Oh, it's on midnight screening, you because guys. We, we wanted to get it on the podcast as soon as possible because I think at the midnight oh. sc- the midnight screening was like the Wednesday night. We recorded it the Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah. It was up Thursday night. Oh, you guys. Yeah, we suffered. Think that again. We the things are uh, the things you do for these people. But I, was, I know, right? But I was trying to describe to Lou, like, no, seriously, it's it's fascinatingly bad. Like, it's this just... is terrible, and this is kind of great. But then they do this, and it ruins all of it. And the, I was just like, just come with me. You, you're free tomorrow night. You're just like, yeah. I was like, just come. We've got to watch it. And he and we came out. She went, thank you for taking me. <laughs> How fucking dare you? <laughs> and I was like, great. Yeah, that would be grounds for divorce. <laughs> we like, married at that point. Good, yeah. That should have been the warning sign. Well, yeah. Grounds <laughs> for... Job. The very same month I took her to Ghostbusters, which we kind of dug, and she came out and she went, that was a piece of shit. Why did you like, take me into that? I've watched, it, I've watched it again since I've revisited it. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's... Oh, wait. Did you watch the home video version? The home release with the uh, extra scenes. Oh, they're different. No, I've watched... Oh, there's I've like watched an additional 20 minutes. The... Including a bit where they show... An interpretive dance they did in school to explain the barrier between the living and the dead. Oh, God, I watched. I watched the a... my cat sequence is about five minutes longer. Oh fuck me! The dance sequence is put back into it oh, and slows the movie. No, I've not it, seen that. Video. Oh, good lord! It's it, it will make you go. Yeah, I'm not defending this film ever again. No, no, <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that that was the problem with that movie was they just didn't edit anything out. There's another, pro- enough of it. there's another project that never came to be. Yeah, it's survived a million times in various stages. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 3. Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. Which um, is back on the slate, I think. But in a very, di- very different, different form. form. This there is an there were film. plans floating around for a Ghostbusters 3 with the original cast. Yeah. Yes. With, with Dan Aykroyd having written a version of it for the, ages. The, then kind of got <clears throat> sort of softly um, told, as far as I understand, in the, in the video, that game. video game adaptation. Yeah. Uh, which, well, that, which that, adapted, managed... that adapted some ideas from the earliest screenplay, which was Ghostbusters. I think it was called Ghostbusters in Hell, and then right. some boys renamed Ghostbusters Go to Hell, which was Dan Aykroyd's version of the third one, where essentially it was we've done ghosts in the real world. Let's take them into a place where it's everything around them. So it's going to be like fucked up horror style locations and this that and the other right. versions uh, uh, versions of scenes from that screenplay made their way into Ghostbusters the video game. Um, okay. Which was written by someone else, but Aykroyd and Ramis had to give it approval, and they read it and went, this is great, put some of this in it, and put some of that in it. Oh, nice, okay, so they gave kind of blessing as well as yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. They, material. They, 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 gave it, they gave it the thumbs up, and, nice. and said they loved it, and then I guess Bill Murray was convinced to take part, because it was probably... Somehow they got Bill Murray on board. It was probably because it was, look, it's going to be three That's days, tricky, it? it's going to be three days... 
here's like an extract. You probably read it. Went all right. That's kind of funny. Mm. Go on. Okay. We'll Three days to voice booth. We'll I'll just stick it. a microphone in front of you. And it's weird. His delivery in it is halfway between, and then just occasionally, a, oh, that's that's sharp. He enjoyed that line. Like he <laughs> dug that line. But it doesn't drag the game down. And I think it's because the other three and um, oh god, who else is in it? Annie, Pot- Annie Potts is in it. Yeah, Potts and William it. Atherton's in it as Walter Peck. <clears throat> Smart decision to bring Walter Peck back. Walter Peck back. Um, and also um, Max von Sydow. Yes. As yeah, as Vigo. Um, Vigo. Because the Vigo portrait's just in the lobby of the firehouse. Nice. And if you walk yeah. up to it, you can interact with it. And he's saying and things... Much- <laughs> yeah. And he's saying things like, he'll have his revenge, the earth will burn in flame. And then eventually he starts saying things like, someone brought donuts. <laughs> they smell incredible. Could you bring one closer to me? <laughs> because obviously after a while, he's just done postulating. Because yeah. yeah. there's not much more like, he what can could say. What could we get to Max Hunter to yeah. say? It's brilliant. Like, just the idea that Vigo's become like, oh, I'm sort of bored now. Because he's just stuck there in yeah. this He is Vigo! And, and Frank Welker did uh, Slimer's sound effects. Yeah, yeah. After having done it with the cartoons and everything. Because of course he's fucking Frank Welker. And, and that's great. And you play as a new character who's literally just named Rookie. And yes. Doesn't have any yes, lines. no, yeah. So he, he obviously was a new addition for this. And there's silent protagonists as well, though, so you can kind of project which they, which yourself they joke into about. it. Yeah, yeah. So you don't talk very much, do you? Did I mean... But that, that was the closest we got to a version of the film and various versions of the films they were touting for years. Uh, Rumour had it uh, that one of the later drafts, like right up to the wire of, of Amy Pascal commissioning Paul Feig to make a, give a take on it, um, which led to the reboot, one of the latest drafts was sent to Bill Murray and he's never confirmed it and Dan Aykroyd has never confirmed it. But the story is that Bill Murray shredded the script and mailed it back to Aykroyd. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Not because he disliked it, but because he was just saying, no, no way. It. I don't want to do it. I mean, and I... yeah, hey, Bill, do you want to do two days on the reboot? You don't have yeah, to do anything okay. except sit down. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. I feel like my character be sat down in this. Yep, done. <laughs> point, point and shoot. Yeah. I As... only did it because I knew these girls were funny. As someone... Because I... I... I enjoyed both Ghostbusters films. Well, sorry, both of the kind of original yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. films because they're basically the same film. Oh, you there, camera? Um, I saving that day. I've never really been scrambling for a third. No, I no, feel like, no. I feel like I got what I needed out of those two. I, it's not something that's like, oh, when are they gonna give me more? When are they gonna? If you want, they gave me more when they did the second one because they did yeah, the same <laughs> thing. Same. And like, if you re- if you're really desperate for more of like versions of those characters. Just go watch the real Ghostbusters. It's all on Netflix. Mm. Or, like, or I would recommend. I'd, I'd, I'd push the game before that. Play the video game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you don't have the time, thank you for that. Pick up the IDW comic because it's set. That probably takes longer than playing the video game. Oh no, it's great though. It's, it's so you've done in like three hours or something. Like it's video great, game. Yeah, sure, isn't it? But the um, the IDW comic set between no, it's set after the second one. Um, and again, it's just great. It captures the voices of them all wonderfully. And they're all sorted and, and sound like they should do and feel like they should do. And the art is beautiful and gorgeous and cartoony and embraces the extremeness of the designs. And then later on, there are crossover events with the real Ghostbusters universe. <laughs> and, and like what stand up, like not in the main books. If you just follow the main book, you don't get any of this. Mm. Um, there's nods to that in the main series. There's a character that Janine fancies who is basically Egon from the real Ghostbusters. Like the way the character's designed is the mm. same with the... the, the Cornetto bloody um, fab lolly hair or whatever. Yeah, the like, um, like, um, swirled quiff. The guy in Fifth Element, like that kind yeah. of weird <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, yeah. Said, like a unicorn horn of hair. But then there were separately a couple of series they did a crossover with real Ghostbusters. 
Well, the idea being just a different universe, but they use that design and that universe as the template. And then they've done one since where it crossed over with the 2016 version. So if you want to get off on that shit, that exists. There's, there's apparently plenty for you to get your teeth in. Who knew? Now, we're getting a <laughs> Ghostbusters 3 of sorts in the future, but ain't the ones that were cancelled. Hence the topic. Yes. Matt, what's in your palm? Uh, well... Don't say your penis. Don't say yeah. your penis. Don't we say your penis. We talked about... We didn't talk about the penis. Uh, we talked about Justice League. Yes. There's been many cancelled Justice League projects. Yes. Uh, one of the most recently being Guillermo del Toro's Justice League Dark. Christ alive. As I mistakenly alluded to earlier. Yes. Give Guillermo um, all the things. But yes, the list of projects that Guillermo del Toro has had that have just fallen through for whatever reason is... Wow. This is lengthy. It's longer than the fish man's penis. Let... It's famously long. I don't think the Fishman's penis is that long. Well, it's long enough that it's as long as Sally Hawkins' finger when she does that thing. I mean, thing, Sally Hawkins does then, have quite long fingers. Yeah, I suppose. But and like, it is retractable, which would imply it that it's too big to have out of the body. Yeah, and also well, fish produce, reproduce asexually. Mm, listen, not this guy. You just jizz into the water and she'd have to swim through it. Not in the shape of water. I don't know how that works. Have you not seen the shape of water? I, uh, I have not. Oh, mate, it's very good. It's It's... it's this beautiful romance. It is beautiful. Oh, well, I like with seeing Doug Jones being skinny, wearing oh, weird stuff. He's incredible. He's, so he's I, wonderful. I like, and I like seeing Sally Hawkins doing things. Oh, she's so good in there. Um, but there's, there's one bit where her friend just straight up sort of asks her, like, does he have her? And she's sort of... She does not She does a lot... Because her character's deaf-mute. Uh, is she? So she yeah. does a little... No, everyone communicates. Little, no, she's not, she's not deaf, she's mute. Um, everyone still communicates with sign. Just yeah, she communicates with She does a little mime and it's like... So goes his crotch and then pokes her out and then like I mean you can't see what he's doing with his, it's uh, like, with his hands I mean, there, but it's, 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 just look it up it's like, weirdly graphic <laughs> but when she does it it's, it's really great. sweet and adorable it's like, and it's, like it's very good they're having boy talk about um, the fish man well everything that you've recommended <laughs> to me on this show before because you what have you recommended yeah. you've recommended Moana Coco great um I think train exclusively Disney films from the last five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it was um, maybe Tom Monty. Recommended Train Spotting Two, which Monty. I eventually got around to. So everything, everything that I've picked up as a recommendation from this show, whether from you or from your, I think listeners, the fact that um, Shape of Water <laughs> is a genre is it like an like an unapologetically genre movie and still won Best hmm. Picture. Yes, is, is that says something about how fucking good it is. Okay, it's um, a it's a love story that just happens to involve a mutant fishman. Yeah, it's a, it happens and Michael it. Shannon being so good as an antagonist. Mm. He's amazing. How yelly and weird do his eyes look? <laughs> his I mean, eyes do well. Goes, he goes on a journey. He gets yellier and weirder. Yep, okay. as it goes on. Sounds like a Michael Shannon film. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, prime Michael Shannon. But Del Toro, Michael Shannon under pressure. Del Toro has worked on so many things because he's one of those people who loves stuff. Like he loves a lot of like pre-existing stories, uh, cartoons, comics, anime, all that kind of stuff. So he's always looking to adapt stuff or or help produce or help produce adaptations thereof. They've nearly all fallen through. Yeah. His success rate is not It's not high, good. is it? it? Which is a shame because he's a fucking great filmmaker. Because in terms of his actual adaptations of existing stuff, 
that he's managed to get off the ground. Hellboy. So Hellboy. He, we Hellboy jumped two. in on Blade Two. Blade Two. But just kind of already on going. Hellboy and Hellboy Two and Blade Two are adaptations of concepts and characters rather than specific stories. Yeah, and like what, he, what are you saying? He, he, he takes the, he took the stuff out the toy box and then made yes. it, played with them. His, Whereas his, he's his he's way. looking to do like adaptations of specific stories. Well, like oh, he, he's slide. producing um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Scary stories to tell in the dark, which, which comes is out this summer. An anthology film, which, which based on the American Kids book that traumatized yes. a generation in the late eighties, because right? the illustrations were horrifying. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the trailers look. Fucking great. The films are very much aimed at older kids who can stomach it and oh, kids yeah. and twenty somethings who grew up reading the books. So um It's like if the Goosebumps movie had been made in the style of that Goosebumps show that was at the Vaults a few years ago where it was like oh, This, is, life, a, this so. is aimed at adults right, who read yeah, the yeah. books. It's like, okay. Um so like that's him going, I love that, we're gonna adapt it, I'll produce it, we'll put it mm. out. So but I wonder that kind why, of works. why why is a guy who sort of He's got the chops. He's got really? a really good. Um, he's a fucking award winner. He's, he's an Academy Award. Winner. His yeah. work, his work ethic is incredible because a lot of these projects have finished scripts that he either commissioned and oversaw or co-wrote. Yeah. But why? Why then does he keep kind of you know walking into shut doors like that? Like what? Because Hollywood shit. What? What is? I don't know. Because like, I do not is, know. Is he just? I don't know. Is he does he budget really badly? Are they really expensive? The, I think it depends makes? on the project. Deadpool's amazing. Let's make I more think... R-rated comic films. No, no, that's not what the message of Deadpool. Mm. That's not what this is. I, I that's think that's Hollywood at the minute. It, it, yeah. it, it takes the wrong lessons. So it, I think it's also a case of just him being in the wrong place at mm. the wrong time. So he could have done Blade Three, but yes, ended up leaving to direct Hellboy. Fair enough. Which is a better choice for him. Turn Blade 3 to a fucking mess. But gave us an amazing Pat Noswalt routine. That's very true. Uh, um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think even... I mean, with Blade 3 as it was, I don't think even Guillermo del Toro could have saved that. He could have directed Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Now, that would have given him some clout. But he decided to direct Hellboy instead. Yes. But then it also opened the door for... Was it Alfonso Cuarón? Yeah, yeah. Alfonso Cuarón, who, so, who then set know. the tone of those movies going forward. And then made the best one of the lot, I think. Set the bar and then went, no, you do you do with my stuff what you want from now on. I've, David I've Yates, it. wasn't it, from then on? I, I, there was one more director before David Yates took over for Order of the Phoenix onwards. Mm. And they've got less imaginative looking as they've got He could. On. He could have directed. The formula now. I imagined. Right. Was but that the original? Direct Hellboy two instead. Was that when it was still going to? Was that when it was going to start? Um, it was Clint Eastwood. No, it was. It was still in two thousand five. Eastwood is about eighty five, wasn't it? That film there, came out. There was a version of I Am Legend where Clint, Clint Eastwood has been eighty five since eighty five. Clint yeah. Eastwood was in the title role, and Johnny Depp was the main vampire zombie thing. Yeah. Because because that's closer to the source material, and the guy's an older grizzled guy, and the the creatures are more sentient. He was attached to direct the Halo movie. Shit! Oh, well, yeah, because that's been in... Okay. That's been a Guillermo del Toro Halo movie. since 2005. And I, I bet that'll be because he played some. It was just but, like, yes. I like this, I'd like to make it. Pretty much. <laughs> but unfortunately, it clashed with another upcoming project he had. Was it The Hobbit, by any chance? Which was The Hobbit. Yeah. Of course. And he got stuck on The Hobbit for so years, long. Yeah. Two years in pre-production in New yeah. Zealand. So no wonder we couldn't get anything off the ground that, for a while. That, that I have to, I have to say that the the 
the saga, the ne- never-ending saga of Guillermo del Toro's relationship with The Hobbit is so tragic because not only as a creator and a, a filmmaker, he's you know he's pouring time and effort and money presumably into 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 realizing this thing. Yeah. Only for one, it to be taken out of your hands, which is yeah. must have been a huge disappointment. Two, you're then you know thinking of all the things that you could have otherwise been doing. Yeah. And three, the film then gets made and it is just an unmitigated disaster. It is so bad. I can't think of many positives about what eventually came out of The Hobbit. I liked... My Ma- three favourite... I like Martin Freeman. Yeah, in- his, his interpretation of Bilbo is definitely his, more his, interesting his than a cut and paste from the book would have good. been. The script is... What he's having to wrap his lips around. It's just not... My three favourite scenes from the book were good but they were over by the end of film two. Mm. And as such, I didn't go to see film three. I didn't see And then watched three, it on Netflix I a few years I later. I still, I still haven't seen film three. I, said, I didn't see film two and three until they came out on Netflix. And they were not, they were two sitting jobs. Easy. I just couldn't get through one of those in you one You've got to have an intermission. I, I just, I just wanted to see Riddles in the Dark, The Mirkwood Spiders... And the first encounter with Smaug, and they were all over by forty minutes before the end of movie two. So I was like, "Yep, that was cool. That was a cool live action slash CGI version of the scenes I've had in my head since yeah. I was ten. I'm done now." But it's just mad because you think if anyone's going to take the reins, yeah. Phila Deloid and not Phila Deloid is it Phil Deloid? Uh, uh, or Philippa, Philippa Boyd? Philippa Boyd. Ah, and um, Peter Jackson. That you think. Oh well, well, well duh. Like the, right. the, the, these, yeah, yeah. these guys know what they're doing. They've done this before. He was super excited about it. But I remember the announcement photos in like two thousand and eight oh, or whatever. Yeah. Like Guillermo del Toro and Peter Jackson sat in an office giving thumbs up to a camera and looking two really happy. Years. Like we're making this. It's going to be awesome. Guillermo's taking over. I'm producing. It's going to be great. He fucking moved to New Zealand for two years and worked on pre-production for that film, which then all got scrapped when oh, Peter Jackson came. Actually, on. I can tell you a positive. Having visited New Zealand. <laughs> Since the films came out, I went to Hobbiton. Yeah, the the set that they built, which yes. they then became a permanent attraction. Yes, after the Lord of the Rings, which they then used partly for the, the Hobbit film. Yeah, yeah. And wandering around there was was fun. Yeah. Unfortunately, it also, <laughs> it also fucked the New Zealand film industry. Yes, as, right. as documented quite uh, yeah, Lindsay uh, comprehensively uh, by Lindsay Ellis. Series on... Her two-part series in three episodes. Yes. Which is genius. That they're still um, to this day called part one of two, part two of yeah. two, and then the third one's just Part there. three of two, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's beautifully it, done. That's worth digging into just to see how much of a mess that whole production mm. was. The ripple effect of that film was not only the world got a bad film, it was um, oh yeah, lots of people were affected quite badly. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck the New Zealand film industry. It like put it fucked Guillermo del Toro's upcoming projects up for the next couple of years. It fucked Peter Jackson's um, career up for about seven and eight dude years. Looked depressed. Oh man, like I'm surprised I didn't completely fucking break him. Mm. Like it. Ian McKellen famously broke down in tears midway through filming because. Yeah. Um, just the process of making it was such that uh, midway through a take, he breaks down in tears and says, this is not why I became an actor. No. 
you know, man in his mid seventies. Yeah, it's being um, driven to tears by it, the process of making yeah, these films. It was one of those days where it was just like in a green room with another another green and, screen, another, and he was he was talking to a character that wasn't there, yeah. who was who was physically there, but they weren't filming the conversation because they needed for like height references, and he was just because mm. at least at least the trilogy like is as practical as can be. The trilogy being the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah, yeah. There's the, only Hobbit one... the Hobbit is unfortunately a trilogy Only as one well. return, son, and it ain't to the king, to the fucking Jedi. No. Um, but, like, but yeah, that, th- those films are as real as can be. As, yeah. As, in terms of, possible, as an actor, yeah. you have so much to play with, so much stimuli, it's all there, mm. and you can react to it. And every now yeah. and again, you have a funny shot set up that's almost a bit weird I'm having to talk to you while you're on a box so yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. but then you get on with it and you do it and then The Hobbit is just like I mean you see a glimpse of those sets in uh, uh, The Five-ish Doctors yeah yeah where where like Sylvester McCoy's buggered off set and, and Peter Jackson's calling him trying to get hold of him and it cuts to like you're asking Ian where Sylvester is and he's like Ian McCall's like ooh and he's like the funny fella bird shit and he goes oh anything without him I think the scene would be an improvement but it's just like a funny <laughs> little insert but even that it's just like some stairs up to a cavern and there's just a big green room and you're like yeah well because that's another thing as well that we kill is no stranger to blockbusters and special no, effects not anymore, but, yeah. you know. but the thing is that all of that stuff looked crap as well mm. because you, it didn't it, help with the bloody frame so rate. much so much that everyone the looked, holds up yeah because it, it was all practical well. yeah as much of it as possible was practical. A lot of it was in camera, yeah. But because they had to redo the production design essentially on the fly for mm. The Hobbit, because they had to scrap all the stuff they'd done with Del Toro, mm. so two years worth of pre-production goes down yeah. the fucking drain. Like careful, meticulous planning. Yeah. Then it's like, oh, now we're doing it by the seat of a pants. So, and, you know, the, the, you know, midway through production, they're like, oh, actually, we've got to make it into three films, not two, which I fucking guarantee was a Warner Brothers thing. Oh, of course, of course. Um... Because then you've got three consecutive um, three consecutive Christmases worth of box office, exactly. as opposed to two. You know. um, and then they, and the, so then they've got to not only rewrite the film on the fly, but do the production design on the fly and build the sets on the fly, and not know what they're going to do from well, the And the circus day. directing the second unit, a man yeah. who at that point had never directed before. It's like, oh, I mean, what? I, I, not 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 he's not necessarily capable, but he's not proven. No. Yeah, it was a big bloody ass. Yeah. It was like it was like, you know, going to a big board meeting to secure your company's future and just suddenly turning to the guy in a reception in that building and going, Hey, uh, do you mind filling in for me? Yeah. It's like uh he, he can use words and he's good with people, but he's now in charge he, of the future of your company. Yeah, he knows he knows <laughs> it's how, not the sensible play. He knows uh, yeah, he knows how to use a motion capture suit pretty well. Um, so because of the Hobbit, which has now dominated our minds for ten minutes, yes. we're so angry about it. Del Toro, let's get angry. Oh, what, fucking hell! What did what amongst films in that period so, did Del Toro not get to make? After, or is now in limbo after the Hobbit. Yes, Del Toro announced that he's one of these. To makes me really sad. This is two thousand and ten. Yeah, he wanted to direct a film adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft's At the Mountains of Madness. Yeah, Universal, James Cameron producing. Good, keep him away from the director's chair. <laughs> he wanted to get Tom Cruise for the lead. Okay. And he wanted to do it in 3D. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, Lovecraftian imagery in 3D, okay. Fair enough. Because this would have been like, like Life of Pi, Gravity, like yeah. cool, yeah, cool yeah, yeah. 3D before 
you know, that that very, very small window very where small 3D window was three. actually quite was um, pretty good. The, the gimmick had washed off slightly. It was now a case of, oh, someone's done something really interesting mm. with it, before it then just becomes, oh, yeah, there's a 3D option in the cinema as well yeah. if you want. <laughs> yeah. And then, not long after, he turned around and said, I quote, mm. it doesn't look like I can do it. It's very difficult for the studio to take the step of doing a period set, R-rated, tempo movie, with a tough ending and no love story. <laughs> very candid, then. Yeah. It's like, it's these like, are the things that they want. This just has not got the things for a studio to put the money into. It's a thinly veiled um, way of going universal, really yeah. don't like, have much in the way of uh, a spine. But Universal did greenlight it. Well, yeah, of course they greenlit it, because they were like, he's the Hellboy yeah, guy, and he's, yeah. he's great, and we'll do that, and this will be really good, and he wants to do that, brilliant, and then they get to the stage. But did they greenlit so the here, film, or did they commission a script? They greenlit the film. They greenlit the whole film. And then pre-pro would have begun, some people would have looked begun. at it and gone, oh no, this isn't what we want. Or, do ah, this to ah, it, and he's gone, no, no. No, that wasn't what killed it. Oh. You know what killed it? The radio star. Tom Cruise being weird on Oak Pro would have been about that time. Cthulhu Prom- showed up at the door and was like, I haven't authorised my likeness. Prometheus. What? Huh? Because What the fuck are, what have they Prome- got to do with each other? Prometheus came out and it's basically at the Mountains of Madness in space. Oh. The similarities of like the creation of man and that shit. No, it, it's, it's <laughs> science team exploring previously unexplored territory in an inhospitable land and they stumble across the remnants of an ancient civilization which brings forth terrible, horrible <laughs> things that they have to escape. Most of which have tentacles and teeth. Basically, Del Toro <laughs> saw Prometheus and was like, I, it's too similar. I can't do it. At least not for yeah. a long time. Uh, so, yeah. Del Toro, so he then was like, I really want to do this thing but I can't because Prometheus came out and it's basically the same thing but only one which is a little reductive but only one only one would have been remembered yeah yeah (laughs) it would have been in the the madness I I I don't know I'd have to kind of look at the numbers because these um, these kinds of weird filmic parallels do happen they happen all the fucking time quite a lot like Volcano and Dante's, Dante's Peak, Peak and, and uh, Armageddon Deep Impact. Armageddon Deep Impact. No like, strings attached and uh, friends just uh, only. Just friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. Like mirror, these, mirror and Snow White yeah, and the Huntsman yeah. coming out within two months yeah. of each other. It's, it, it does happen <laughs> fairly regularly, but I wonder how much of one audience gets eaten by another film and like how, if, there's, if there's a 50-50 split. If, I don't, like, well, I don't know, I'll like, say this. Because it is this. a bit reductive. White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen came out pretty much the same time. Yes, oh my god, yeah. White House Down didn't get a sequel, despite it being the vastly superior film. Mm. And I mean... Though it did give us London Has Fallen, which as a title is hilarious in how small fry it is compared to the title of the previous one. Olympus. And also made me frustrated when I watched it, because I was like, so can the president and his bodyguard just like... Get with each other, please. We're getting a third. That's one. a more third. fascinating relationship than them just being a bit buddy. Like I would rather it be the bodyguard, the president, and the president fall the fucking love during yeah. the siege of the White if House. The, I would. The be third happy film is trousers have fallen. Hey! Down, hey! 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 Trousers have fallen. And then in, 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 in brackets yeah. down. down. Hey! hey! But then, then <laughs> I'd love that. Then there's more. Green light it. This one's going to upset you. 
Yeah, I know. And you know what's coming. Yeah, pitch it to me. I'll see if I'll agree Is, is, is it, it something to do with that wall over there, Matt? Yes. Okay, just to reiterate, Charlie, if you look over that wall, there's some pictures, some framed prints, and uh, a thing that I love very deeply. Over there, there's some photographs uh, reminiscent yeah. of, of that thing, because they were taken at the thing. There's a little pile of four frames over there that contain replicas, yet to be put up, of four stretching portraits. Yeah. I really like this thing that Matt's about but to talk about. But the thing is that I, if this is what we're referring to... <laughs> the f- a film of this already came out. No, it didn't. Yes, it no, it did. didn't. No, it didn't. A piece of shit. It yes, its name came out. It was uh, hot fucking garbage. It was hot fucking garbage. With uh, Eddie Murphy at the height of his Eddie powers. fucking Murphy. At the height of his Coming powers. off the back of the, the adventures of, of Pluto powers. Nash. <laughs> we want to make sure uh, that Evans and Evans Realty that you're going to be happy. Oh, we're, Evans, a, we're in a haunted house. I believe. Oh, just say it. Del Toro. Yeah. Was announced yeah. San Diego Comic Con July twenty second two thousand ten that he was writing and producing a new film based on Disney's The Haunted Mansion. <sighs> um, the little ghosts come out to socialize. He let me let me set the scene here. Said that let me, it, let me set the scene. You have this as a <laughs> bought track on iTunes. You're gonna get copyright claim for this. Buy the album from Disneyland. Not if we can get it out before Article 13 comes along. Hey. Very, very good. <laughs> cool. Tell us more, Matthew, about the Haunted Man. Del Toro announced he's aiming for a PG-13 rating. Yeah, he did. He says, the movie I see in my head of Haunted Mansion is not, I believe, what everyone is imagining it to be. It's not just a regular world with a haunted mansion plopped in the middle. I really am thinking of a movie that has a heightened reality. We're not making it a comedy. We're making it scary and fun at the same time. But the scary will be scary. Cool. I love that shit. Um, as of 2012... Because there is a kind of minor plot around the ride. Yeah. Well, he's saying that is the it, would it follow ghost that? is yeah. going to be the main focus of the film. Yeah. The Hatbox Ghost is going to be the main haunting of the, the film. The Hatbox Ghost. The animatronic that featured in opening day at Disneyland in California... Mm-hmm. And then disappeared, and for years, urban legends said that it disappeared because it was too scary, and they took it out. And other 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 rumors said that um, people have recollection of there being a hatbox ghost. He's holding a hatbox, and his face disappears, and then it reappears in the hatbox. And that oh. was the gimmick of the And they uh, they yeah, said that, that does seem to ring a bell. Yeah, they they said that uh, maybe people have misremembered it. It's one of those cultural phenomenons where people remember oh, it existed. Oh God, yeah. And then they confirmed about five six years ago. Yeah, it existed. Here are the original designs. And not only that, we're putting him back in the California ride because we figured out a cool thingy to celebrate the anniversary. When did they say they'd do that? Cause he, I, he's cause... back in the California ride. He's, I, he's never been in any of the others, but he's in the Because I know, because I used to... And they've I, made tons of merch with him since. I, I went to the Anaheim Disneyland a few times, because I, I, I used to live in Texas. Yeah. And so we, we, we went on to so there So you might holiday. have seen merch with him on. Right, okay. Because this he would was, have been 1993, like, 94. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was reinstalled in, like, 2012, 2013. Oh, long yeah. after that. So, yeah. I'm, but but he was always rumoured, so he would have been on merchandise and stuff. see him and he's a real ghost. <laughs> Um, well, that's what Del Toro had in mind. Yeah, he, and this was this was 2010. He announced this. Uh, 2012, he handed in his final draft. Yeah, at Comic Con um, in 2010, he famously made a joke at the end of his announcement. Where he said, "We will not be returning Eddie Murphy's calls." Nope. And everybody erupted in laughter, uh, and we all thought, "Oh, this is going to be great." Poor Eddie Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just wants to see how he the is. Last <laughs> update, the last update was April 2015. Um, apparently, Ryan Gosling was in talks to star. Yeah, and the two of them were spotted. 
re-riding the ride yeah. at Disneyland shortly after that. The two of them were all shortly before That's that. That's incredible. The two of them were spotted. One day they yes. just went to Disneyland and they just kept riding it. Um, and one of the cast members working there said that they they were working the whole that morning. Afterwards, they went to like one of the restaurants nearby, sat outside, had like fried chicken, were taking notes, talking, then went back on for another hour, and then went home. An hour. Yeah. Hour. Like think, like think of that because in the context of that anecdote, it's like oh wow, how how cute and how lovely. Is it? Like if I was to spend two plus hours. Riding around in purgatory on that one ride, hey. like, fuck someone. But think of all the all the hitchhiking ghosts that would follow you home. You'd be getting one every time you rode the ride. That's true. You'd have a whole posse. You wouldn't yeah. even need to do the effects for the film. Yeah. You'd be like, "So Guillermo, should we start doing the green screen test? Is that no need? The... Here's my four hundred horns. He's not riding the ride. He's going in and doing just a moving casting. Yeah. Call. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. They're just yelling into the ballroom. You yeah. on the piano. Yeah. So I see that on your list of uh, particular skills you can go through walls. <laughs> it says here you are a floating head in a crystal ball. Is this something you're you need to do on camera? I'm so upset this doesn't exist. And he, uh, I, yeah. he kind of made it. Sort of. Because in, what, 2016, I think? Might be wrong on the year. He made he made a gothic wrong. romance, Crimson Peak. Yes, yeah, but it doesn't have the song though. Does doesn't it? doesn't have the music. Doesn't doesn't have grim grinning ghosts. Well, if you if you very, just very play that good. whilst watching Crimson the film. Peak, so as the bloodied corpse of that wailing woman floats through the hallways, Crimson Peak's so fucking good, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, so good. So what you say? <laughs> name a bad game on the tour film. Go. Uh... All the ones you're about to mention because they'd never happened. That makes me sad. Um, he didn't direct um, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, did he? That one's not very good. I think he produced it. He didn't do Pacific Rim 2, did he? He no. didn't do Pacific Rim Uprising. Also, Pacific Rim Uprising is great. Uh, but it'd be the worst of his films. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not very good, but it's no. great fun. <laughs> um, so, we all know about Hellboy 3. <laughs> that they couldn't get that off the ground, and we're getting the reboot now. Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm excited for for this take on it, but yeah, because David Harbour looks the part. He sounds good. Ian McShane is taking his late friend's role, which is, I think is quite nice. It's the quite thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I like Sophie Okonedo. I like the fact they yes. seem to be saving Abe Sapien and a few of the other characters for later, possibly, and not just putting them all in one. Rather than just doing the same stuff over and over. Yeah, yeah. which I, which I think is beneficial because if. Um, you don't because, want to feel like a complete retreat. Yeah, because because I think that Hellboy isn't so much a isn't a property where the the mass majority of those going will be like, oh Abe, what was Abe? <laughs> Where's Abe? Yeah. Yeah. No, so I think actually holding something like that back probably is fine or, or good even. Um, what else? So in two thousand seven, um, as Iron Man was was coming out, I. Del Toro was attached to a Doctor Strange film. Ooh. With a screenplay by Neil Gaiman. Oh, that's a good combo of things. The film was eventually cancelled due to low studio interest. Wait, so the studio in this case, did Marvel own the rights at this that point? This, I think they own the rights. Or was it Fox? They, this, was be, this would have been before they started, or around the time they started up Marvel Studios so it might not have been something he wanted to do under that banner 
It would have been before they had the idea for the MCU and Marvel Studios solidified. Hmm. So around the same time as maybe slightly after Iron Man. Man. And Incredible Hulk. Because mm-hmm. they only connected Incredible Hulk and Iron Man at the last minute. Yeah. They, well, added well, a they scene came to out in 2008. They both came out in 2008, yeah. They added a scene to Iron Man. They stuck... Um, they did the post uh, for Iron Man. Yeah, they, 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 stuck, they, a, they put, stuck a reference to Super Soldier Serum into yeah, the script. And they put Downey and, Jr. in... In that post credits. In the tail. I mean, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, no, the post credits of Hulk uh, was. Wasn't, wasn't, it, wasn't it Sam Jackson that showed up? In... Sam Jackson showed up in the post credits of Iron Man, Iron Man and yeah. then they have a scene just before Tony, the credits. Yeah, Tony Stark in shows Incredible up. Hulk Incredible Tony Hulk. Hulk. Right. And, and just, Stark tech features in the film. It just seems. I mean, because I suppose you think. The, again, the kind of landscape of the, of the film world at the time, the idea of having a Doctor Strange film. Yeah. Which is like. Who the fuck would watch it? Yeah. yeah. Who, who gives a shit? But now, yeah. now it's like, like there, there are talks, excited talks of sequels to, yeah. that, to these same yeah. films. Yeah. You know? Well, that's not all. In 2008, um, he was approached for Thor. He was approached for he Thor. He was approached for Thor. Oh, that would have been a good combo. Um, and he loves Jack Kirby's work. Who of course drew most of early Thor drawings, and, yeah. and and sort of codified the visuals and designs for that for that character in his associated um, worlds and concepts, and he was in negotiations to direct it. He's like he's mad on Loki, loves a bit of Loki. Mm. He wanted to put more of the more Norse mythology in it. He wanted. And oh, thought, that's why he's mad on Loki. Yeah. I want him to become a horse and um, impregnate a woman with a lion. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> you have a giant snake horse back in time. <laughs> um, um, but I, I think... I if he the, walked in and pitched that to me, the, now I'd be like, sold! The version that we got... <laughs> suits because this is the thing is that Marvel are good at letting individual voices come through but they also do need to fit in with a larger narrative that they're telling which is why Edgar Rice Ant-Man fell for it yes and why I think that and why Judge Whedon left with the benefit of hindsight I think that Gamow's vision for Thor probably wouldn't have gelled super well Well, with everything else he wanted uh, I I quote uh, a really dingy Valhalla with Vikings and mud and it's just not the kind of thing that fits in with the, what Marvel Studios were doing. I love that as an elevator pitch, though. Yeah, as an elevator I it, pitch. Yeah, yeah, I want it dingy and with mud. Yeah. Like, I, I'll tell you no more than that. Yeah, that's all. That's what I'm going to Valhalla, dingy, with mud, and a giant snake goes back in. And it was, it was in development, and then he had to leave the projects to direct The Hobbit. Excellent. No. Because I think, I think Kenneth Branagh's, the, like, kind of, sort of, Shakespeare opera. He gets, he gets the epic nature of it, yeah. Like, like epic in that kind of like epic theatre kind of yes. way. Like it's so, It's melodrama. It's, it's epic melodrama. It's, yeah. And makes for that wonderful contrast to the real world stuff that then happens mm. later when you plonk a character from that in it. Yeah. We were like, talking about that yeah. on the episode that we just recorded that's gonna be coming out before this. Yeah. And the, the idea that we were talking about future Marvel films and you were mentioning the idea that we've not really had a Marvel film that's through the eyes of a third party. Yeah, it's all, like the heroes are all like a Hulk film to the eyes. You don't get you don't get a protagonist yeah. that's not the the the, the title the hero yeah. the ti- hero title hero. And then I was saying, well, that that would have been an interesting way to approach the first Thor. Yeah, is if, if you started it with 
him like crashing to earth and then don't do the Asgard stuff until like halfway through the movie. Mm. Like, so you have the whole thing of him sort of no one believing that he's a god and thinking he's just a strange. They, yeah, that's a very movies. different film, then, isn't it? But you, it's, you can't it, yeah, tell the same it's story a, at it's all. It's a super different film. You wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have been able to market it. Yeah, the way it was marketed, and I think it being accepted by an audience. Which it needed to be because the they had to make the go, You've got to get over yeah, that hurdle because there were so many people. One, I, I can count myself amongst the, these. Thought just the idea of Thor was dumb. Yeah, I, I remember, and, I remember hey, being sat there in the it cinema. Is. World, <laughs> it is. It is. At the cinema world in Hammersmith, being like, I can't quite believe they're doing to this. watch this. This is we're, we're actually about to sit down, about to see and watch Thor. a Thor film. The fuck is happening? And it right was now. good. Oh yeah. And then includes one of my favourite of... shots of the MCU with the banging on the window. They turn yeah. to the glass door and the Warriors three and Sif are just going oh, through the window. They, they, also, they managed to fuck it up with the Dark World and then they just went full on Kirby madness with the uh, Ragnarok. It was like an acid trip. That film was brilliant. <laughs> so good. Like that it was just so aggressively colourful. Like so, every scene from that movie could be painted on the side of a panel van. Yeah, like yeah. Every single frame of it. Yeah. Oh um, my god! I would have a Just more, more Taika Waititi <laughs> big budget stuff, please, because mm. the man's got a vision. It's a weird vision, yeah. but it's a but vision I, I'd like to see. I would more. like to see it. But yeah, we can't talk about Diablo de Toro all night because we will, we will literally be here, here all night. Oh, that too. Like, there's tons of stuff I've not touched on that he's not done. Pacific Rim 2 was one. Pacific he Rim had two Pacific was working Rim 2. On. Mm. Um, didn't happen. He was attached to Beauty and the Beast for a while. Um, a whole, the, the Disney one? Or? Bullet dodge. Yeah, the Disney one. The live action Holy one. Shit. And he wanted Emma Watson for Belle. Oh. And Ron um, Perlman for the Beast. Uh, oh. oh, no, 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 no. That was... His no. probably wasn't a music. His probably um, wasn't a musical. It would have had um, to have been if it was 2011. Well, I don't sure. know. He would have lent more toward the John Cocteau kind of visual stuff. I, I think. Yeah, instead. if it's, if it's Disney so. putting the money in, I don't think they would have gone away with that. Mm. Well, that's probably why it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, um, I'm not gonna lie. I want to work with Emma, but she can't sing for shit. He was approached <laughs> for the. Yeah, um, I, he was yeah. approached for Godzilla. <laughs> That Gareth Edwards ended up doing, but but turned it down because he done yeah. it. He, he, he did it. He did a he did Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, uh, That's probably why he was too, because they went. We want to cross these over at some point. He was like, I do not want that. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> this is a sidebar. Is, is that, are they seriously planning on doing? Um, there's been yeah. rumors of it for I'm ages. And John Boyega during the production of Pacific Rim Uprising, which he was one of the producers on. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's, um, he's got his sweet Star Wars paycheck and went, yeah. I want to play in big-ass robots again. <laughs> it's like, okay! Because uh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you use your Star Wars money to do dumb stuff? He posted some concept art of a Jaeger fighting Godzilla and then, like many directors do when they're teasing stuff, deleted it a day later. Yes. He's like, God damn it, John! What are you trying to say? Um, like, Scott was... Derrickson's recently done with some Doctor oh, Strange wow. imagery, like oh, Neil Blomkamp did with like his alien that. stuff. I think they're building mm. up to Godzilla and King Kong are going to cross over. That's the next one after That's King the next Monsters. one. So because, the next inevitable uh, Kong... step is have a dimensional tunnel randomly bring a Jaeger into it. Yep. And... Kong Skull Island is technically a prequel to 2014 Godzilla. Yeah, uh, because... Uh, it's set in the Vietnam War or something, isn't it? It's set in the Vietnam War, but Monarch... Uh, the end of it, is yeah. The, uh, comp- which is the, the organisation that uh, Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins work for is the organisation that John Goodman works for in Coastal Island. And they post credit scene. And they post credits tease Godzilla at the end of Coastal Island. 
Right. Have you seen Have you seen Skull Island? No. It's pretty good, man. Toby picked it up. It's pretty Toby, good. Toby, Toby. I don't know why I've, I don't know why I missed that. Toby man. picked it up from HMD like, for like ten quid on Blu-ray in a in a thick case because yeah, yeah. it because in it it also had Godzilla. It, yes. The case is Kong Skull Island, and then there's just a little thing on the front that just says, uh, also features Blu-ray also of Godzilla. Features Godzilla. Yeah. And then when you open the box, it's just like, oh, it's literally a Blu-ray of Kong Skull Island and a Blu-ray of Godzilla yeah. 2014. Okay, so they are they are laying that groundwork now to basically say to everybody, hey, think of these things together. Mm. Think of Fucking them together. Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, John C. Riley, John Goodman. Well, yeah, it's going to be... like Sam Jackson's name, isn't he? Sam Jackson. Yeah. Sam Jackson, yeah. yeah. Doing his best, like, uh, Colonel Kurtz. It's Kebble. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Kebble. Toby Kebble's in it. Yeah. Not the voice. The sort of like commanding officer gone rogue. Right, right, right. It, uh, right. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's fucking good. It's man. it's very nihilistic, but it knows it, it. is is nihilistic. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's definitely like, a Vietnam movie. If you, you want to watch a bunch of monsters I, kill people, oh, the monster designs are awesome. Mm. Like some really creepy stuff in there. Um, they yeah, obviously went fun. what do people genuinely like about the Peter Jackson version that has stuck around oh the creepy oh, creature yeah, stuff yeah, the creepy... let's do more oh, of that the bug pit in the Peter Jackson kit yeah, that weird like, just... like penis snakes thing. yeah they are oh, it is oh, it's not it's great but it's yeah, yeah. Andy oh. not only are you going to be Kong we're going to give you a role in the movie you're going to be the violent nasty cook oh great what yeah. do I get to do you get eaten, eaten by, by penis worms giant yeah. blood worms <laughs> yeah they're rough <laughs> Uh, yeah well Penis know, worms, also smooth depending on how you take care of it uh, what else yeah it's all, yeah fucking Del Toro man the, uh, the, the biggest loser of of, of cancelled projects like everyone's favourite Krampus Hollywood's favourite no no yeah <laughs> um, any others come to mind for you Chris because I could I, I've got a massive list here off the top of my nog OAN yeah cancelled projects specifically film. No, sod film. Sod film. Shall we talk about the Batman opera? Oh, the Jim Steinman Batman musical. Yeah. All right. What? All right. Some of the songs from which ended up on Battle of Hell 3. What? Oh, what? Oh, yes. Yeah, let's... What are you uh... talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So you know how superheroes have had a very sort of short and mostly unsuccessful or fatally tragic history Spider-Man with theatre and musicals. Off the dark, yeah. Spider-Man off the dark. The biggest which, flop in Broadway history. And will probably says. never be remounted because no, it God went through no. two versions and both of them were awful. Yeah, yeah. And also killed mm. people. And incredibly yeah. expensive. Um, more I mean, more yeah, to the point, Chris. They're terrible. It cost a lot of money. <laughs> uh, Superman had a musical in the 70s, which by and large, you can wow. see chunks of it online. Not very good. Um, as you can imagine. Um, and there's been a few others here and there. There's been stage productions of Hack and Slash. Hack and Slash is at a stage run. Yeah. Um, in like Chicago for ages. The the, the comic book about what the hell is Cass- Cassie Hack is a, a slasher killer, and she's got a big brutish dude with her called Vlad who wears a hockey mask. Who's your atypical slasher monster? Sure. But he's her friend, and they murder slashers. And it's a really fun comic book by uh, Tim Seeley, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's really good. Like it's a gothy girl with a baseball bat full of nails. Does and that have her a lot of name looking... value? I've never heard of this Well, no, before. but it got a, the- it got it's a theatrical like adaptation. Yeah. It got yeah. a theatrical run based on being... A... Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Like, it's a great... It's, it's them... You know how, like, Cabin in the Woods was like, I want to see a movie featuring all of these monsters. Like, I want to see their individual movies. Oh, They're all so right. interesting. Yes. This is like, I would watch a film about that slasher murderer. 
I would like because they're supernatural, psycho yeah, yeah. killers, psychotic, um, like sort of individuals. So you're saying that some the... crossovers with franchises. There was a Chucky crossover, which acted as a sequel to Seed of Chucky, and was and of course great. that's that's right of your street. I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. uh, so, but like that was the they're very thing that had a theatrical run and it did well, and there is talk of it coming back in a bigger production at some point in the future. Hmm. Um, even though the comic book's wrapped up now, I think it's just that fondness for it. It's like, yeah, it's maybe the story can live on in a new format. Mm. Why don't we revisit this? So it happens, and you obviously get amateur productions of stuff, like recently the Alien High School. That looks, that's brilliant. If you've not seen it, um, Phoenix, uh, Five Who Fans Phoenix Smith, made a video called The Alien High School Play is Giving Me Life. And yeah. it's this wonderful video about that's his aesthetic completely. A bunch of high school kids performing in front of their parents, one of the goriest, most shocking horror films of the 70s made completely from scrap metal instead of doing just like a version of Fitter on the Roof or something. Yeah. Like he said, that's my aesthetic and I love it. And he goes on to talk about like watch ownership of stories. It's, it's brilliant. From what he I shows some really good clips of it. The, 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 like, the clips that I've high, seen, high, it, high it seems like they're playing the film on screen above them. Or, so, or like reflecting points of it. Yeah, to act <clears> as alternate <throat> angles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, uh, and... If that is the case, and they're kind of timing stuff as well, if they even if it that's is very slick production, to, yeah. like, this is no really budget as well. Because we, no what we had was me in a charity shop uh, suit <laughs> and a bowler hat, which didn't fit, in with a kind of neck beard that I could grow at about sixteen. Uh, covered in talcum powder, playing Ebenezer Scrooge. Nice. So oh God, that was one of my earlier. That earlier sounds parts. like a school production. Yeah. Covered in talc, which and ill-fitting suit, and yeah, we didn't have, couldn't have a top hat, couldn't find a top hat. So we no, had, well, I mean, where the fuck you get a top like, hat? Like, Who the fuck do you think you had? Jacob Reese Mock. Well, wait, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because we washed all the talc off you and sat you down and press record. <laughs> <laughs> Perform for us, monkey man. Um, <laughs> Walking around Manchester dressed like this, <laughs> but like you know, there are production amateur productions of these things. And yet, you think out of all these, you know, comic book and pop culture properties, where's the adaptation of Batman? So there was one. Because that, well, that could be super like gothic opera, like Phantom kind of levels was of melodrama. Almost he's done arena one. tours. He's done arena. Yes, he's done, done, it's been an arena yeah, show. Yeah. Oh yeah, I um, saw that show. a few years back. I, it was... I had two opportunities and was stopped both times by a then boss. It was interesting. one of the many reasons why I hated him. Oh, they're going to say by a concerned party. Say, <laughs> <laughs> like, Chris, don't do it. No, don't do it. I was like, it looks like Schumacher on stage. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. It basically yeah. was Batman Forever on stage. Minus the nips. All the black light. Oh, it was very, very fun. Um, <laughs> bit crap, but like in the well, best course, course. Like, like in the Schumacher film. In the crappy camp. Well, like I'm... the Holiday Park version of a, of a superhero story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, slightly larger. <clears throat> so, the Holiday Park version of the Hulk in 2003. It was so fucking hilarious. 1998 till 2002. Per- 98 till 2002 yeah. Jim Stanley was working on this yep Warner Brothers they started up Warner Brothers Theatre Ventures to compete with Disney who were they, Lion, Lion yeah, they, well, the they, they, they done Lion King Beauty and the Beast and things like that and they still do stuff David Ives was going to write the book Steinman was going to do music and lyrics obviously and apparently Tim Burton was chosen to direct, but he's downplayed that since. So it could have been more a consultation thing, or like... Yeah. Which would be interesting. It'd be a good person to have a name, as mm. a name, kind of, in terms of, sort of validating your... Because 
at, at that point, he was the Batman guy. Yeah, yeah. There'd been, so there'd been like, four films and he made the two well, good yeah. ones. He's like, well, we're going to do a stage show of it, a musical stage show. Yeah. Like, well, we've got Tim Burton on board. Okay, so that kind of validates the whole venture. Yeah. He, well, he because did... what happened was in 2001, Ives and Steinman apparently handed in a completed version to Warner Brothers, but then it fell apart. And oh. then they put it back. Then they then allegedly it was reported that they no sorry it was reported that they allegedly had hired Burton in two thousand and two. Um, More Steinman, likely they'd sent him an email. Yes, <laughs> Steinman was coming out as being like, yeah, we've not we've only kind of like done it seventy percent, and then they set it was going to open out of town, trying out in two thousand four, and then opening open on Broadway in two thousand five, mm. and then it just fell apart. What would your big number be in the Batman musical? The big kind of end of Act One. Now, big number. What would you? What would that? What would that look like? Steinman you know? Alfred has... looming over a Bruce Wayne who's bleeding out on his on the medical table in the Batcave, lamenting this life. And then, so that would be the. Why be, do you do what you do? You, you you end Act One on a oh fuck. I won't bury you, master. He's gonna line. die. Steinman's... I won't bury another member <laughs> of the wife family. Steinman has put out. Um... <laughs> God. It's like, it sounds like the Steve Coogan impression of that impression. <laughs> so she was happening. So, so Steinman's put out a, a couple of demos of stuff that he'd written for it, and also a couple of the songs, as I say, made it onto Battle Hell Three. Oh, you found one. This is. Oh my. This ended up on Battle Hell Three, but this is the demo version of "In the Land of the Pigs," the Butcher is King, from Batman Musical. Wait, that was the. <laughs> What is the song? Yeah. That sounds like something Rorschach could say. This is a demo. This is a demo version, yeah, not the meatloaf version. I recognise this. Yeah, I recognise this. It's on Battle of Hell 3. So if you never heard that... I feel like I've heard this in another show that moment. Right, then. Because part of the reason that Batman the Musical fell through was because getting involved. No, no, no. It was. <laughs> I want to play Batman. Oh fuck! No, 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 no. please. <laughs> um, Dance, Dance of the Vampires, the Jim Steinman sort of horror-themed show that had fallen through. It didn't it, it have fallen through, but it come out. It sort of bit of damp squid. Yeah. yeah. Because shows, yeah. shows can open and close on Broadway within a matter of days. Yes. I, uh, so, so you, yeah, you could go down super quick and kind of take whatever other projects you've got going with it. Yeah, exactly. So they, would this would this have been Batman singing this? No. This is apparently... Gotham Chorus? The, the corrupt... People running Gotham. This is them singing about how they fucked. Oh the ball. right, ah. like Max, Max. What's his name? Max Shrek. Shrek. Like those types. Rupert Thorne and yeah, yeah, and freaking like Land of Roman Sionis and Land of the Pigs. The Butcher is King. You've also got Cry to Heaven, which also ended up on Battle of Hell Three. This is Alfred. Master <laughs> <laughs> Way. Is, uh, Sean Pertry uh, plays him. Uh, it's, it's very much Jim Steinman gig. a Christian Bale like version of that Batman to do some singing. It sounds like, sound like 
<laughs> Some sort of death metal band. <laughs> The Lord of the Pigs! The Lord of the Pigs! Where are the other drugs <laughs> So that's... It's surprisingly camp for a, like, for a... Surprisingly camp? What's this fucking Batman thing? But what? did you say it was 2005, did you say? 2002 was the when it fell through. Oh, okay. Ah, it was planned to return before. Oh, so we're still, we're, still in Sh- we're still in Schumacher territory then? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a pre-Nolan world. Yeah. Yeah. So like Batman's that... only sort of success outside of comic books at this point is being in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Because the, the version of Batman I would want to see in a kind of musical would be kind of Phantom of the Opera-esque of him like swooshing his cape to cover up yeah. the bottom of his face to be like, I am the darkness, I am the night, I should hide, like, I, I'm hiding away because I'm ashamed of my... <laughs> of the lower yeah. half of my face. Of the lower half of my face. <laughs> uh, and boom, having boom, have, mother, father, no! Uh, having it being an almost a kind of gaslit, steampunky version of Gotham. I, I think basically, that, I want Phantom of the Opera, but with him with a different kind of mask. So what you want is Phantom of the Opera, but the Phantom's just in a Batman outfit. Just Batman. Christine yep. is dressed as Vicky Vale. <laughs> Catwoman yep. had a song. Okay. So Catwoman was in it. What's it called? <laughs> I need all the love I can get. Uh, and I need all the love I can get too. So when you said that this is something you're sad and see the light of day, do you want to reassess that maybe? No! Because <laughs> like, what the fuck would that have looked like? It would have been an utter mess. I'm like, yeah, I'm morbidly curious, I have to admit. Well, that's the thing. There are certain characters that should never be seen singing as well when you adapt stuff. I don't want to see... I can, I can imagine Catwoman singing. I yes. can imagine Batman singing if it's done right. I don't want to see the Joker singing. Oh, really? Guess really? what? Yeah. I've got you covered. He's the one that's most likely to burst into song. This is... The Joker song. Is this on... Where does he get all those wonderful toys? Fuck off, they did not call it that. Of course they called it that. Yeah. Is there one called I Gonna Mind Makes a Moogie? That should be. That should be. No, that should be unfortunately not. Oh, I no, hate it. No, I hate it. Yeah, I'm yeah, out. I'm out. I hate it. Um, the, the Star Kid team did a, a thing that's online, so they put all their shows online after they've finished. Uh, Holy Musical Batman. Nice. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Like it's Kapow, just this, bang, it's this crash. Well, yeah, it's the 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 very Potter musical guys. So it's it's that right. That and sort of guys, angle. And these the same guys that are doing the Office. Now they're doing the, the someone's doing the Office just sure. off broad, just off Broadway. But off Broadway. <laughs> you know, just off Broadway. Turn left. Just, you know, yeah. Off Broadway. I'm not sure. I have to look at that one. Their, their, yeah. their musicals are a lot of fun. Like they're really well written. Really funny. I hear that, and when yeah. they do these parody mm-hmm. musicals, they're done with so much affection for the material. But even they were like. We don't know. We're not sure how we do the Joker singing. So the Joker doesn't fucking feature in it. The villain in in Holy Musical Batman is, um, oh my god, he's an actual character from the thing. He's called like Candy something. He's an actual Batman, like, obscure ass Batman villain. Um, the... Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. He's obscure ass villain who basically like is obsessed with candy and that's his gimmick. Because you could just say with someone like him, yeah, this dude sings. But their version of him him is basically the Joker fill-in. 
so the personality and the looks closer to the Joker, but it's because they wanted to create a singing Why? villain that wasn't just... How do you make the Joker sing? He was created for the new adventures of Batman. The 60s, 70s cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There he is. Uh, he so there, commits, there's, there's, the, there's the animated let's, version. Let's he commits crimes. Tubby little dude in a, in with a, a candy mask. motif. Right. He um, looks like um, like a henchman in The Rescuers or something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he commits crimes with a candy motif and he appears to be addicted to candy and sweets. He wears a purple sweater and a yellow hat and is clearly overweight. He uses children as henchmen who enjoy his gluttonous need for candy. Whereas that's the Starkid version, who is blatantly more jokery. Yeah. That looks like Mr. Wormwood from Matilda. The, the yeah, stage, a little bit. The All he knows, he learned from telly. Yeah, um, yeah. All he knows, he learned from Porky. <laughs> I saw him in the role. Mm. He was so good. Um... Fuck, I love that musical. Um, and this one too. Uh, yeah, and so he, Batman on stage, and, and his, hen, his henchman, henchwoman, henchwoman was basically just Harley Quinn buying anything but name. Was, it worked yeah. really well. It worked really well. Alas, Brad, you may. Alack. <laughs> Are you going for another beer, Charles? I am, darling. Would you like one? Could you pull my other bottle out of the fridge, please? Yes. It's that, uh, the stout. Uh, don't don't tell the audience what I'm doing. I'm still in the room. <laughs> can I have a can of Stella? Yes, darling. I mean, could I have a can of streetcar? Um, so Stella. God, I was watching. Uh, I watched. Uh, oh God, the second Clayface episode of Batman, Mudslide. Okay. The one, the one where he's trying to reform, and that the uh, makeup artist, one of the films that he worked on, she keeps giving him his plastic body. There's loads of references for the films in it. That she's called Stella. There's literally a bit where Batman like pushes her back, and he's Clayface screams, Stella. Mm. And it's just like that's just Ron Perlman, like reenacting a moment that he likes, isn't it? That's basically all that's happening. Basically. So Batman, dear listener, was nearly a thing. Dear I was always under the belief that it was listener. a bit more operatic, but I guess not. I guess it was I mean, rock opera in the music. It's Jim Steinman, yeah, so yeah. it's fucking rock opera. Like, that's what it is. That's rock- what Jim Steinman does. Rock pra. Rock pra. If you um, will. I won't. But you will. On the subject of rock opera, you know what's been, develop- you know been in development hell for actual years? Coming up on like 15, 16 years now. My musical adaptation of a property that I genuinely would like to do a musical adaptation of one day that I won't say what it is in case someone else wants to nick the idea. No, I know what it is. Uh, um, so, you know... The, how the, would Beavis and Butthead the musical work? You know the Jeff Wayne War of the Worlds? Yes. Dun, 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 dun. He's been trying to make that into an anima- CGI animated film since like 2007. Why? I don't. No. It will always live on better as that beautiful fucking album. I don't know. But I think and that's the, re- and the recent audio audiobook style I've adaptation not of it. To that, but I should give that listen. With uh, Michael Sheen um, and uh, Taron Egerton. But yeah, he he's been trying to get that done. Well, he was trying to get it done as a CGI animated movie, but this is like I think 2005 actually was the first sort of mention of it. The first um, whispers in the machine. But I think whatever work was done on that has now since been folded into the various live shows. Yeah. Which include big Which, visual uh, set pieces and CGI effects. I only saw the first one. <clears throat> yeah. Um, who was the who was the narrator? No, the, still the journalist. journalist. They done it, they had a they had a early uh, de aging tech Richard Burton. Ah. Projected onto a giant face above the uh, above Oh the that version I saw stills of that, yeah. Um and there was some like a lot, there was a lot of CGI footage done in back projections on that. That there was was apparently like early footage from what was going to be the movie. Be Jeff Wayne's like, War of the Worlds, the yeah, CGI. But movies, I feel like so. that has now been 
kiboshed. sort of kiboshed in favour of more live tours until mm. the end of time. Recasting it along the way. Yeah, to the Liam Neeson narrator is not as good as Richard Burton. Yeah, um, you played me a bit of that. I was like, this is flat as bad. And also the arrangements aren't as good. They're, they're a bit too electronic Yeah, they, they play they up the synth too much. Yeah, a little bit. Which um, sort of kills the live vibe a bit yes. too. Um, so, yeah. Um, Bye, Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, folks. That's so good. <laughs> um, when, is the, when the fuck is the BBC one coming out? Soon. And in greater numbers. At some point in the future. I know it's this year, but they've not... They've shown a little tease of it in, in their, like, drama coming up this year thing. And then that's all I don't know. I feel like War of the Worlds is probably something that could benefit from being seen as little as possible before it comes out. There are two versions yeah, on the way. thing. There are two versions there on are the two, way. Yeah, there were two coming. There's, a, there's an American TV show. Set in the Which has just day. been cast. It's not been shot yet. And then Again, another, the, one, another example of sort of yeah. parallel... I think it was coming out well, at the same time. three came out in 2005. I know, but was one of them that garbage... That yeah, one of them was the Pendragon one. one that I showed you. <laughs> which is fucking garbage. Which is a and, special kind of bad. But it also means that the BBC version is only the second period-appropriate, like... Version of it. Either film yeah. or TV adaptation. Because all the other film and TV adaptations have been... Not even the oh, famous not radio one that was that was that, yeah that, that was, was period inappropriate. I've, I've never listened to the whole original um, version of that, but I have listened to a restaging of it by a good chunk of the Star Trek: The Next Generation cast. That's a cool like crossover. Is that, is that a, just a weird coincidence that it was all? No, no, no. It was a bunch of the them set. got together. And, no, it was like it, I won't, again. It's a radio thing, but it's like Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden. Um, is it LeVar Burton? Where's the Frakes? Come on. Uh, Give me some Jonathan Frakes. Frakes freaked uh, out at the last second. And Leonard Nimoy. Ooh. Oh! Yeah. It's fucking great. It's really good. Um, same script, but just that cast. Just with Star Trek folk doing it. Yeah, exactly. Because cool. they, they recast one of the uh, the reporter that gets fried by the heat ray. Uh, which is a dude in the in the original, obviously, that's Gates McFadden in the um, in the restaging. Which, for those who don't know, is Beverly Crusher in uh, Next Generation. Oh, the Doctor, the Doctor, Doctor Crusher, Doctor Crusher. Yeah, uh, that's 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 pretty good. Um, yeah, fucking, I don't know. There are literally so many movies here we could talk about. Give me a direction to go in, Chris. Give me a, give me a filmmaker who's unproduced works you want to know about or anything like that. Cause I... Sam Raimi. Oh! He's got his own page. Samuel mm. Ramai. He's whilst got his whilst, own page. Whilst you're looking for that, I'm going to drop in... Drop one a in. Non, a non-film related one, which is... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, Amy Hennig's <gasps> uh, work over at... Uh, uh, EA. Yeah. Oh, EA. With Visceral. At EA yeah. Visceral with... The Star Wars was it? Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter? No, not Bounty. No, Hunter. They, I don't think it had a, ever had a. Was it thirteen thirteen? Official no, title. No, it wasn't thirteen thirteen. It was after Underworld. Underground, maybe Underworld, maybe. It was. It was about the criminal underworld. It was, it was about, about the, yeah, the kind of criminal underbelly of the Star Wars universe. To be to be reductive about it, it sounded like it was probably going to be something like Uncharted in space. If if they'd had any sense, they would have renamed it Scum and Villainy before putting it out. You know, I don't think that's a million miles away from what it was. (laughs) No. It was called... Scoundrels. I I think it was called Scoundrels or Rogues or something like that. Mm -hmm. Nerf Herders or... (laughs) 
you know, some kind of cloak, Star Wars colloquialism for, you know, naughty folk. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it, uh, and Star Wars, because with particularly given EA's, well, sort of mercy killing of Visceral. That's like we were saying earlier, like EA have cancelled more Star Wars games than they've released. Yeah, and those they have released point. have been compromised at best. Fine. Um, and, and criminal at worst. Well, yes, quite. <laughs> Um, and it's it was someone who's been at the helm of some of the more maybe maybe you know they've not been super maybe uh, the most kind of revolutionary stories in the world. But she fucking the first two Uncharted. But Uncharted right? is yeah. as just in terms of a real pure distillation mm. of that kind of uh, um, the sort of serials yeah. of the forties, and then Indiana Jones. And Are that they original? Of, not particularly. Are they really good examples of that kind of story? Are they well adapted from this one thing, Fuck TV yeah. serials and the Indiana Jones series as an example, and adapted into the medium of uh, video games? Yeah. They, that 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 transition of having the feel of something without it just being a flat carbon copy of it. Yeah, exactly. That in itself is a real skill and not um, clearly, demonstrably, a skill that not many uh, sort of... Uh, um, not the uh, kind of story leads have, yeah. and to have her holding the reins of the length and breadth of the Star Wars universe, and the the fact that there are so many potential story avenues that she could go down, which the films just by their very nature just can't. You can't necessarily go deep into the underbelly of Moss Eisley or or. Uh, and what the hell's it called? What's it called? That the the fancy um, the 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 the, the, nah, planet, nah. the planet city, the city planet, a Coruscant. 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 <laughs> um, like you, you, the films just can't do that. And, no. But to, to and so feeling to, the TV shows, mate. That's true. That's true. Um, so it's really regrettable that, particularly now with Uncharted kind of having bowed out, that we're not going to be getting um. Uh, the the kind of sort of force not not spiritual force ghosty successor yeah, yeah, yeah. to to it. Um, it's a sh- it's a real shame that that's kind of um, uh, where it went or didn't go. And so, yeah, was, didn't yeah. take around the the, the shed think, and shot. I think there are going to be some really interesting because they cancelled the replacement. They cancelled the visceral, the visceral one that Amy Haney was working on, and God. they said we're going to pivot it to a to a game of service. service that thing, yeah. And then they cancelled that. Mm. Yeah, like, it, Fuck it's. Me. Um, I mean, the the the, the hit, EA's kind of timeline is just littered with the bones of good ideas <laughs> that they, they didn't follow up on. They buy studios, <clears throat> work them to death, and then shut them. Yeah. And then when they got the Star Wars license, they just continued to do that. But then gave instead of giving like, oh, make this um, Call of Duty competitor, they were like, make this Star Wars game. Oh, you can't make the Star Wars game. Oh, we're gonna shut you. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it, it's because it's it's just dice that have actually put anything out, isn't it? Yeah. And when you think of how many studios that EA kind of have under their umbrella, not one. Have been allowed or been able. Respawn have got one coming out later this year. Oh, go on. Respawn have got. Um, I think it's called Jedi Fallen Order. Coming okay. out later this year. Um, they've announced the title. That's all they've announced. 
and it's respawn. this year. Yeah, and it's respawn doing it. Who oh, which one is in the Titanfall? People? Titanfall, Titanfall Two, and, and Apex Legends. Apex Legends, yeah. which is EA's like big cash cow at the moment. Yeah, it's their um, okay. So their that, that, there's a slight thing. glimmer of so again, but f- I guess again, the... fuck knows what that game's gonna be. Yeah. Or if it will actually come out. Well, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. At, what, at what point I mean, do now and then time. will it be cancelled? Yeah. Um, but that's that's an interesting one. Um, oh, and Future Armor yeah. as well. I'm going to throw that out there because that got cancelled and came back and cancelled and came back. And I feel like every time it went away and came back in a similar way to the um, sort of Lazarus Pit effect. Yeah. That it, came, it would come back and came it would back a little be, lesser, a little lesser, a little piece of it got left behind until by the time it did actually die a death properly it was a show a show that was kind of unrecognisable to what it was like the X-Files like the X-Files sometimes I, I assume that is better that is better because <laughs> then we can because then like those things that that you know that don't get that don't happen at all yes um we we could have imagined what it could have been. Yeah. So had yeah. it just been cancelled, you know, midway through whatever season it was and been left, then we could have dreamt about how wonderful it could have been. But then it's like, yeah. oh no, it didn't have the legs we thought it did. Nope. I thought it had Absolutely. a lot more tentacles and legs. But no, I it thought didn't. it was a A lot more appendages. It yeah, was yeah. butter flamingo. Protuberances. Mm. Sam Raimi. No, Chris Johnson. Hi, nice to meet you. How you doing? Oh God, that's squeezing. <laughs> Yeah, but isn't my Sam Raimi has got some fucking projects. This this particular page <laughs> is this arranged in projects. chronological order. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things that are of minimal significance. The original version of Evil Dead, which is called Book of the Dead, yeah, uh, but that became Evil Dead. So I got also that. It's been out of his in the woods, whatever it's called, short. Uh, yeah, and then Book of the Dead was so, the film it was going to be, and then it was Evil Dead. Apparently, in he was originally di- uh, slated to direct the adaptation of Stephen King's Thinner. Yes, I'd heard about that, yeah. So, thinner, explain yeah. Thinner so to, thinner to the is, layman. Thinner is about a uh, morbidly obese lawyer okay. who runs down a Native American woman because he's being given a blowjob by his wife at the time. Um, and a curse is placed, a gypsy curse is placed on him by the uh, a gypsy curse, Native American yes, curse. Like, is a gypsy now? Well, well they, they diversify. You think you think in Sam Raimi, you think it'd drag me to hell, yeah, yeah, which is a gypsy curse. Um, but yeah, a curse is placed on him. By oh my god, drag me to hell is him finally making dinner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the survivor of like, well, by the spouse of the the woman he kills, mm. uh, and he begins to become thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner every day. A little thinner every day. No matter how much he eats, he just becomes thinner and thinner and thinner and, and, and starts wasting away. Mm. So he has to try and find a way to sort of stave off this inevitable starvation. It did get made into a film where directed by Tom Holland. Um, Wait, not the actor. No, not the actor. Uh, the horror director. There was, a, there, was a, there was a horror director called Tom Holland before there was a actor called Tom Holland. Wait, hang on. Make Charles play. Who made um Oh no, that's Tom Hooper. Made, yeah. yeah, yeah. King Speech and Lane no. Ramp. Oh no. no. No, Tom Hooper is uh, Tom Hooper is uh, Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw. Oh, Toby Hooper. Yeah, Toby Hooper. Yeah, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Yeah. Toby Hooper. Slash poltergeist scare quotes. Right, yep, yep. <laughs> Steve Spielberg made There are too many people <laughs> that have too many names. I was thinking of the wrong one. Remove them. Remove them all now. Guy get yeah. Names big, on limbs. Big guy gets skinny. 
Yeah. Cool. It's a decent... It's, it's, it's all right. It's an okay movie. But uh, Raimi didn't... Raimi would have been able to bring some of his macabre charm into it. But he didn't end up doing it because him and Bruce Campbell wanted to do an Evil Dead sequel. So they did Evil Dead 2 instead. Oh, so we've got the better end of that one. Then. Yes. Um, he pitched a uh, Thor film in the 90s. After he finished Dark Man, he, he pitched Marvel on a Thor movie. Thor? But they, they passed. That would have um, been bad. Like... It, it would not have it would not have aged well. No, sure. but yeah, that's what kind of what I mean. I yeah. think it would have had a charm. It was with Bruce Stanley on it. Of course, he was. Him, him, it was him, the 90s. Stanley yeah. was like, "Hey, everybody's bought the rights to my characters. Are we gonna make movies so or imagine, what?" Imagine him as Odin. He and it probably would have played Odin. Odin. He probably would have played yeah, Odin. Probably. <laughs> he, uh, he and Stanley pitched it to 20th Century Fox, and you know why Fox didn't pick it up? Go on. Because they didn't understand it. Oh, yeah, because they hadn't heard of Thor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, though... They did not understand it. I don't, I don't think a Thor film in the mid-90s... I think, Business-wise, I think it would have been a really bad business decision. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I, don't think, um, I don't think it would have made any money. Uh, he was attached to Batman Forever after uh, Burton left. Okay, that, that I think could have worked. That Now, that would have been... Yeah, because Raimi's visual style is... It's not. It's not that got the gothic nature of of Burton, but it has got that sort of macabre, sort of heightened reality to yes. it. Yes. Um, I mean, just look at Dark it, Man. It's reality, but more. Yeah. Even the Spider Man films that he did, yes. which are mm, perhaps yeah. as firmly grounded in reality as they maybe could have been. I mean, I think I think amazing. The amazing movies are, are more firmly grounded in reality to their detriment. Mm. Um, the Re- the Raimi ones retain that level of charm and goofiness. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just they strike a really good balance. Yeah, it's it's reality, but just nudged over to the side ever so slightly. It's almost as if it's the um, it's the sort of warped aesthetic of someone who grew up reading comic books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncanny so reality. So he's kind of suited to to comic book movies, um, but yeah, the, I'm surprised um, he hasn't actually made more. Like since since uh, the Spider Man trilogy kind of wrapped up, that his name, yeah, as far yeah. as I know, anyway, his name's not really been attached. To I anything. guess I guess after Spider Man, he just doesn't want it. Also, I think Spider Man Three probably left a bad taste in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, and I wonder, and I wonder why. Yeah. Oh, one producer heavily pushed him to make lots of decisions he didn't want to make. Avi Arad. Avi Arad. Avi Arad, Avi Arad, Avi Arad. We finally got his Venom, or should we call it Venom? And now we've got Jared Leto on the streets of Manchester. Oh, doing a... They're filming Morbius in Manchester. Morbius. <laughs> in the northern quarter. Matt Smith. Are they really? Yeah. Matt Smith and Jared Leto. Spotted <laughs> the dream team. <laughs> the dream team. The dream team of Smith and Leto. Mm, Smith and Leto, finally. Uh, hey, Morbius is going to get a curse and he's going to science is going to turn a vampire and he's going to walk around in a hood not knowing care. what to do. I don't Just care. Just like that film where Tom Hardy walks around in a hood not knowing you know what, what to do. I don't care. I don't care about Morbius, but we're going to have to fucking watch it. You are. Because we decided it was a good idea to do a podcast setting on pop culture things, and one of the big pop culture things at the moment is fucking comic book adaptations. So we made this bed for ourselves, and we got to fucking lie in it! But Felicia, <laughs> I need plasma! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um... Ah, oh, seriously, Morbius is going to be. He was bad. toying around an idea called. He was toying around an idea called the curse in the late nineties, but that eventually 
mutated over time into Drag Me to Hell. Oh god, so that's a good like that's a good like ten plus years. So but before it became Drag Me to Hell he had he tried he got Edgar Wright to attach the director version of it. Oh nice. Which again didn't, didn't work yeah, out. Again, and and led, another one who suffers. And led to Drag Me to Hell. Edgar Wright, poor bastard. Edgar Wright um, and um Joe Cornish. Yeah. Both of whom because Joe Cornish before um the kid who would be king the last thing, as far as I'm aware, that came out with his name attached to it was Tintin. Yeah, he co-wrote. Which he, which he wrote, which he did a bit of like rewrites of. Was um, Tyler Block not after Tintin? No, I think, or Tintin. maybe they would. <coughs> I think around the Ruff, set, around the set, yeah. 2008. Yeah, because he did, he did work on Tintin. Yeah, um, and so that's a decade, a solid decade, more or less. With, he was still credited for Ant Man. Yeah, oh, it was, was uh, he? Okay. script script by was... um, who's the director again? Uh, Peyton Reed. Script by Peyton Reed and from Paul a sto- Rudd from, from a, story a story by Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. Right. But even that, Ant-Man, <coughs> the original Ant-Man <coughs> came out, God knows, <coughs> what, five years ago? 2015. 2015. Four years ago. I have a huge soft spot for Ant-Man. Yeah. The film that should not have been anywhere near as good as it was, and it was pretty decent. But considering how good Attack the Block was, particularly as a debut... Yeah, it's that, fucking. But then there's almost a, there's a ten year gap between yeah. his directorial debut and his and second. And one, I yeah. can I I could hazard a guess as to why there's such a gap. It's because he wanted to work in that genre territory, and studios just would not back it. Particularly British studios, Hollywood studios wouldn't have backed it because he didn't have the cash, the cachet, mm. and British studios wouldn't have backed it because he didn't have the fucking money. Yeah. yeah, so it's that's that's a that's a really fucking shitty thing about it. Hence, teaming up with Edgar on various projects. So I he, think because Edgar obviously is like better. I like working with you. Mm. Let's make things together, please. And, and Edgar is one of those where, because of Shaun of the Dead, they will trust him with a genre movie and a bit of money. Mm. I think he took a bit of a knock with Scott Pilgrim, which, despite yeah. being a fucking great it, film, it's arguably as far as just in terms of on the directorial level. flair and mm. command. Uh, I think every element that's on that in that frame, I think it may be his best. I think his it's best, his film. best film. I think Baby Driver is technically more impressive. Yeah, yeah I had forgotten um, about Baby Driver. Yeah, you're but right. But in terms of like overall, I like watching this the most. I think <laughs> yeah, the by that by that particular Cause... metric of which yes. film do I like? Like the most. <laughs> I, I like all his Connell films, mm. but there's just something about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, the en- the energy of it. Yeah. Is just like, I remember us talking about it when it came out, and we were saying that the way in which this is edited and the way in which the camera will move, oh, yeah. this is something that's going to be replicated over and over and over. Oh yeah, this yeah. is going to become the norm. Like it's like it blew our minds in when would it? Well, I saw it in oh nine or ten. Yeah, first year of drama school, so two thousand nine. Um, and it's still impressive. It's still impressive. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I did, I did a big damn love on it a couple of years back mm. um, it's just and watching it again I'm just like blown away by how fucking impressive it is um, so yeah Edgar Wright's one of those directors like I can't wait to see what he does next because Baby Driver was fucking phenomenal mm. absolutely fucking phenomenal but um, doing choreographed car chases to music in a way that didn't feel like a gimmick it's just stunning it really and all because he made the, the video for Mint Royale's Bloom. I know, right? In the late 90s. It was, um, it was, that was, Baby Driver was really, really well done. So, Edgar Wright's one of those where I feel like he... 
because he he's been allowed to get where he can through no small struggle. Like he's oh, yeah. really fucking fought to get where he is, but he was lucky enough for Shaun of the Dead to catch on. Because mm. um, that because in a, in a in a different world, different time, different place, that would be the kind of thing that maybe you'd catch Channel Five at midnight on a Wednesday, mm. then that would be where that film lived. And it was, it was be, a small micro-budget, yeah. n- not quite fitting into one particular genre film, yeah. cheap, um, smart. Yeah, yeah. People don't like clever films. It'd you know, Simon it... Pegg, you know, Nick Frost, they were, they were hardly kind of earth shakers in terms yeah. of their reputation. Kanisha still has an irrational hatred of Simon Pegg. Really? She can't stand him and I don't know why. How strange. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovely man. Any particular... I met him once does in a reason or just, doesn't like Simon you, Do you know what? The, I have a few actors in particular that I have that with. Where I, I shan't name them just in case. Just in case. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got more chance of working with them than we have. Um, mime them. <laughs> tell us later. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Tell, tell us later. Um, maybe if you were on your think... phone while you were doing it, I'd probably get that. Because think... I've, I've had a lot of practice. I think he said Orson Welles. Orson Welles? Yeah, yeah, Orson Welles. He hates working... Orson Welles is a bastard. He hates working with Vincent Price. Why would you say that? He's a notoriously prickly They they can't defend themselves. (laughs) You despise working with Christopher Lee. Why? Well, he never shows up. Yeah. I'm (laughs) sorry, Peter. I can't get up these goddamn stairs. (laughs) I think I might have watched the behind the scenes on Lord of the Rings more than I've watched Lord of the Rings. The appendices are very good. That's just... So good. That's another thing that that, that that no other sort of particularly series of films have been able yeah. to kind of replicate and just having that compendium of stuff. That was one of the things that really made me fall in love with the idea of movie of, of not making, necessarily acting but making making things. Thi- making um, things. Friend of the show, Will Carlyle, um, Mr. Trilby, uh, um, uh, sorry, Trilby reviews and Mr. Tardis on on the old YouTube's. Um, he got into all of this because of DVD extras and Doctor Who Confidential. They're the reasons yeah, why yeah. he now works in TV. Yeah, yeah. Doing research and doing stuff and production just... stuff because that stuff that. fascinated him so much. He was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to make it. And that's all being lost now. Your featurettes yeah. on your Blu-rays are just mm. sort of talking heads with the cast with some clips and maybe a gag reel. And that's kind of it now. So, getting back to Sam Raimi. And his beautiful face. And... Lord of the Rings. Mm. Sam Raimi was also attached to direct The Hobbit briefly. I'd heard <clears> tell of this. In between it it's being so difficult to, to divorce myself from how shit the final product was. Yeah, it was like I, 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 all I can imagine is just the same shitty feeling I had at the end of them watching them as they were, but just a different name at the end of the credits or top of the credits. He was. He was. He was in talks for it. And then two thousand, and then they said they wanted to do three films, or two films. Mm. And he was like, "No." He was like, "I've got one film, one Hobbit film in my brain." Yeah, I've got one film of this tiny <clears throat> book. We can do this book in one. The first time, the, my first exposure to Tolkien, The Hobbit, any of that was a Hobbit audiobook. No. Oh, oh, that I weird to... um, cartoon. No, that strange Leonard Nimoy song. No. I went to see a stage production of The Hobbit Fuck. at the Manchester Opera House when I was in primary school. So this would have been at the latest 98, 99. 
That sounds amazing. I'm sorry, I didn't realise that was a thing. Nor it did I. fucking was amazing. It was really good. Um, and I loved it. Absolutely fucking loved it. Um, but it was, you know, it was a, what? A, must have been, at most, with the interval, it would have been three and a half hours. Because I was in the primary school and I sat all the way through it. That's a long and fucking loved show. It. Especially for at, kids. At, at the absolute most, that's how long it could, I can't. I can't remember... But that's how that's how long it could feasibly have been. Well, yeah, at the absolute most, I suppose so. Because the Lord of the Rings stage show, which they did in the West End, that was about that long. Yeah, oh, but I, I imagine it was more. I yeah. imagine it was closer to two and a bit mm. plus interval, because it fucking flew along, and they got everything in there. Like I remember uh, Hobbiton. I remember Riddles in the Dark. I remember the trolls. I remember the Mirkwood spiders. I remember the barrels. I remember Lake Town. I remember Smaug. Remember the big, big dragon. All that shit. The Smaug was great because it was sound work, and then a guy would come out like dressed as like a. Oh god. Not not dressed as a dragon, but like in sort of drag, like sort of in drag. <laughs> in drag. <laughs> that was like good. his his costume coloring was kind of scaly and grey. And I think Which it was is like a sort of leotard, like skin no, he was like and a cloak and stuff like that. So he was like a the Dark Lord, but he was right. Smaug, right? So he was almost like the voice of the dragon was its own character. Okay, and then actually, you know what? I saw a version of um, Little Shop of Horrors at the uh, Regent's Park Theatre. Oh yes, 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 yes. And the version of Audrey, Audrey Two was uh, a drag queen called I've forgotten her Audrey Two. I wish but he, she climbs out of the plants yeah like oh, a, a smaller version of the plant and then kind of just embodies it from then on uh, then throughout the show and the kind of the implication of its growth yeah uh, around the city and its tendrils and stuff that's kind of just implied yeah somehow I, and it, the, it's still it's still got its more and its mm. tendrils and yeah, it still yeah. eats people but the the focus of the, the the conscious version of the plant on stage is that performer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen a okay. version. I've seen a version. I think it was the Pendleton version, actually. Yeah. Um, Pendleton College version in twenty ten. It was, yeah, where um Audrey's voice and singing voice was performed in a band to the side of the stage uh. with spots on Audrey too, and there was a plant prop, but the conversation was sort of like Seymour was reacting to the prop and to the band like and it was uh, it was a really know. neat way of doing it because it was like we don't have the budget to make a gigantic puppet that will work like the way we need it to but we can do a puppet and a performer in fact it was um Scott Page I think played Audrey 2 yes he did Yeah, big green um, hair <laughs> of course he did <laughs> um, he's doing alright for himself now Scott he's, he's, he's getting all sorts of musical bits Sing good isn't he popping yeah. up here and there he was in and the first thing I ever heard of him being in was the Maiden Dagenham musical. Oh, with um, Ladyface, who I like. <laughs> Ladyface. What was her name? Gemma. Arston. Arston. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody out! It's pretty great, actually. Um, I'm assuming were you, were you that's for it. No, I wasn't seen for it's it. It's very great. It's very good. Um, I saw him in Adam's family. He was covering his fester. It was very good. I was in. The show was not bright, but he was good. Um, <laughs> Was I was doing Laura's of Flies when it was... Oh, uh, were you in Uh Bouncing... No, was I? Or was it Avenue Q? No, it wasn't Avenue Q. No, it was Avenue Q. 2014. Was that... That was, that was 2014. That was the last time I was paid to work as an actor. <laughs> wow. 
And I wasn't paid very much. Um, Theatre, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Acting. Um, so, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, it... Mm, mm, mm. Stage plays. Stage plays. People. I'm trying to look it up now. I'm trying to look up 1990s Manchester Opera House. <laughs> fucking The Hobbit. Because um, I remember the poster was a very stylized, long-faced Gandalf. Like, Ooh. sort of rubbing his chin like that. Um, As you do that, I could fill us in on one other Sam Raimi project that never came to be. Yeah! 2001! I was in high school. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> it's a musical adaptation of, of The Hobbit, written by Glenn Robbins. Um, oh, it was a musical? It was played... You didn't mention that part. Well, I didn't remember that part. Um, <laughs> Memorable songs. Oh, it was Palace Theatre, wasn't the Opera House? Um, oh, no, wait. That's Lord of the Rings. That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, you can tell it wasn't. You said it. That sounds right, though. If it was 2001, that's them going, oh, that Lord of the Rings film's coming out. Oh. We've got to do a stage version of The Hobbit. Yeah, Let's do it. that might be right, because they did that with some video games at the same time as well, because the licensing wasn't owned by New Line as well. Yeah, so, it was Sierra and Vivendi had recall. the rights to the books. Yes, so they did. Mm. But, um, like, which is such a weird tangent. Low rent kind of... There was The Hobbit and there was the, Hobbit the Fellowship of the Ring. And The Fellowship of the Ring. The Fellowship of the Ring video game, from what I remember, actually took more liberties with the text than the film. <laughs> Probably. And then uh, the New Line Cinema Warner Brothers game was Two Towers, which adapted Fellowship of the Ring into it. And then yes. Return of the King, which opens the tutorial level, is set during yeah. the Battle that, that of was Helm's the, That Deep. was the poster for the Hobbit. That's a shit poster. So I'm sorry. Christ, I was expecting something really. No, 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 no. Sucks. So that is some clip art bullshit. No, that was that was. <laughs> that is garbage. Yeah, that would put like that would that I guess. that poster's bad enough that I would go into the show thinking I'm going to hate this. This will be shit. Yeah. I saw a, shit. I, I saw a version of Rain Man on stage recently, which oh, had yes. objectively the worst poster I've ever seen in my oh, entire life. Yes. And I was so ready to hate it just on that and that <laughs> and its merit alone. So it's testament to the show that I actually really thoroughly enjoyed it, but fuck me, that poster's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um what the fuck we were talking about? Sam Raimi. Oh, posters and <laughs> Oh, God knows. We've gone on so many tangents. Um, and we're nearly at two hours. You know, you know Matt? What? How are you? I'm all right. You're all right? Yeah, not bad. I'm, yeah. I'm very drunk. Yeah? I'm currently drinking at Sadler's Brewing Co. <laughs> to your health, sir. Mud City Stout. To your health. Chocolate I... and vanilla stout. I'd clink glasses, but I'm holding a dog, so I'll clink dogs. A, a particularly aggy dog this evening. Brewed with raw cocoa, vanilla pods, flaked out, sweet, and a blend of beautifully dark malt. <laughs> Sam Raimi! Um, Spoderman! Jesus, I've got to be Spoderman, Matt! Spoderman! <laughs> Spoderman! Um, Spider- uh, yeah, let's talk about Spider-Man 4. Yeah, with Vulture. Ben Ben Kingsley's Vulture, wasn't it? At one point. Malkovich. Malkovich toward the end. Malkovich, 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 Malkov
but That's then we can lose black cat. Yes, mm. but they didn't do it because it was stupid. Stupid. No, would you wait? Why didn't they do it? Because Spider Man Three would have still made it. But a um, ton of money. The January 11th. You, as far as I, 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 I'm predicting to see if I'm right, because I'm pretty sure it was a studio like mandate studio restrictions, and Sam eventually just went, look, I've heard that concurrently with me producing this, you've also been planning a possible reboot. Just do your reboot. And he walked from it. Really? And Toby, Toby Maguire also like backed Sam up on it and went, yeah, well, I'll leave. The, the official line was January 11th, 2010, reported that Sony Pictures had cancelled Spider-Man 4 after Raimi concluded that he was not going to be able to release the film in time with a not-so-exciting script. Okay. Fair enough. Because I I don't understand why these things get so... um, so so, um, compromised... Because when you have the first the first two Spider-Man films, for example, yeah. which are, they are not complicated at no. all. No, 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 no. But they're well written and very well performed. Yeah. And so the actual, the minutiae of it, you, you, you look for, it's not necessarily there. Like the actual broad strokes of the story are really, really simple. But then you've got the third one and it's just like, your eyes go crossed within the first 10 minutes. You're just like, what the fuck is well, going on? it's because the studio... So around and say, okay, we want this in it, we want this in it, we want this in it. And they do that for several reasons. They do it because they, because you have people that should paid a lot of money and they want to feel like that they have control over something when they don't have a creative fucking bone in their body. Well, it, it, it's the old adage, isn't it? That theatre is an actor's medium, television is a director's medium, and film is a producer's medium. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that, old, um, is that old adage? Which is why you have so many fucking producers on most films. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Also, it's partly because, and this was what sort of drove the ba- the Batman movies, the original run of Batman movies, into a fucking ditch, is they want m- as many things in the movie as possible for them to merchandise. The more mm. characters there are, Very the true. more toys they can make, the more t-shirts they can print, the more lunchboxes they can put out. Mm. What's that and sound? And they didn't even stop to yeah. think if they were too busy trying... Too busy working out if they could do it. They didn't stop to think if they should. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's a real shit show. That, that's how you end up with a movie like that. Well, um, Spider-Man 3 was Sam Raimi wanted to tell a story about Sandman. Yeah. And developing Peter and May's relationship. Which is why there was a good Sandman plot in that. Yeah. Why there was a good Peter and May plot in that. But it gets and, lost. And he wanted to do Harry Osborn. Not yeah. necessarily as a goblin, but the conclusion mm. of the Harry arc. And then Aviarad. So that that Aviarad. that was a case of I really like Venom, and he sold a lot of toys when I was in charge of Toy Biz in the nineties. So you should do Venom. And Sam Raimi went, "See, Tommy was so yes." I, I mean, Aviarad rocks up to everything, even the Oscars, in like a beanie hat and sunglasses, regardless of what the because occasion he's is. Aviarad. Usually Aviarad. with Venom on them or like a Spider Man logo. Um, Aviarad was like Venom. Dude, dude Venom got his Venom toys. movie though. So Venom sells who's, toys. Who's the real idiot? Well, that still, still Aviarad. Everyone involved with Venom is really bad. He, he, went, yeah. he went. I guess we're getting a Venom too. Yeah, he went. I want. I want Venom in the movie. And Sam Raimi went. My frame of reference for Spider Man is the '60s Spider Man, and that's 
what my series so far is based on. Mm, like the yeah. tone, the look of it, the wholesomeness. It's the 60s spider Yeah, Venom does not fit aesthetically in that film at all. Arguably by the mid-2000s, Venom didn't fit into Spider-Man anymore. Yeah, by the mid-2000s, yeah. Venom was kind of irrelevant. Yeah. His last cool story at that point had been a, a, a thing with Sandman in the Sinister Six in the early 2000s where he, he bites Sandman during a Sinister Six mm. storyline. And someone gets infected and dies. Because Venom bites him like, and kills him. And then Venom vs. Carnage had been out. The, the Clayton Crane I would, illustrated I would argue that cool miniseries. And that that was Venom hadn't Venom. been relevant as a Spider-Man villain at that point the, for since the, better part since of the PS, PS Since the PS1 Dreamcast N64 game. Since the 90s animated <laughs> series, really. Yeah. Um, but Javier Rad loves him because he sold toys when he was in the head of Toby's. And, and also, it's 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 the closest thing to kind of edge lordy character that uh, yeah. Spider Man has, isn't it? Except maybe Morbius, which is why you get the biggest edge lord on the planet to fucking play him. <laughs> so Javier Rad always wanted it, so he forced it on, and Sam had a horrible time, and and they said make Harry a goblin, but like yeah. don't make him the goblin because everyone thought the goblin looked stupid. So stop making him look cool. And I was like, what? Yeah, put him um, in a ski mask with yeah, goggles. Uh, so Spy- so Sam Raimi eventually was like if I have to do this my version of Peter wouldn't become a twat wearing the black suit he wouldn't become a violent criminal beer. he'd become what that Peter thinks is cool and, yeah, yeah. and thingy which of course is a disco dance which is a really well observed thing Take but just in the, in the context of the yeah. film it just like that's it- what it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all because that's it's not clear that that's what's going it on. It makes it look like the goo turns you into a disco dancing moron. It makes it, yeah, it makes it seem like the goo makes you <laughs> I turn would into your grandparents. <laughs> that nothing is clear <laughs> about anything that happened in this Like movie. using really dated kind of oh, old references. Because it's the 60s Spider-Man. Like if, if I was... Hot mm. legs. He calls someone hot legs. If... I think if Raimi was making Spider-Man now, he'd push for it to be a 60s period piece. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Um, so when it came to Spidey 4, he just was fed up of fighting. He's, he's, I, think it's, I think it's on Howard Stern podcast he's yeah. said since, the Howard Stern show, is where he said like, I, I'd heard they had the reboot planned. That's fucked up. And I just went, look, just do it. I wonder if it was... Well, it, it was well, to do with rights because Sony's discussions were about to get a bit hazy unless they made a film by a certain Oh, no, no, time. I know they would have he had to have made away. one but like, it, it seems that it must have been one camp kind of feeding into the other because presumably the natural order of things would have been we have three of these films to the make of... If we have to keep making well, films to, to make a four... Yeah. To do a fourth one. They and were Ma- talking about doing four and five. Maguire was going to do four and possibly five. Yeah. And they were going to recast for five, possibly, and six. Um, because Maguire just wasn't keen on doing it. And also, Maguire would have been, you know, knocking on. Because like, he, he, he had a yeah. kind of weird old man face from the get go. Dunst had never officially signed on for four. She'd done talks and she was waiting to find out what Sam I think was going to do. barely fucking done three. <laughs> like, she... What are you talking about? She's. Wonderful. Um, no, she's not. She's terrible. Oh, um, yeah, she's a Broadway star. She's fine. Know. She's fine in Spider Man. Oh, you are. Oh, you, oh, you, she's okay in Spider Man. She's not good. Yeah. Oh, I like her a lot. I like her in one and two. I don't like her in three. I don't well, like. Yeah. I don't like any of them in yeah, three. Good. Aunt May's the only character I'm in not three where I'm out, like, I like you still. I'm not picking out <laughs> any one person from three and saying they're bad. No, I like, I like Kirsten Dunst in general, and I like her in Spider Man. What about Harry's Butler? Oh, that no, because that's a re- okay exposition. But, 
Basically, what what you're you're referring to is Sam the, Raimi cast an actor he likes to I'm, play a cameo, and it's like position from and British British Jordan. Jordan. It's a very very wooden old guy who the can't and also can't get his lines out. But what it makes me think is like, oh, that guy's super old, <laughs> super old. He's really it's it's tragic because it's not an underprepared actor fudging their lines because no. they were underprepared. It's an old man struggling with his words. He can't quite get a... He shouldn't be a baller. He should be retired. The glide that pierced, pierced his, his body, body came from, from your, your far... trailer. <laughs> oh, and it's just endless of this The blade guide. that pierced his heart. Okay, sorry. Well, they t- t- the glider that pierced your father's heart. Oh. The blade that pierced his body came from his gilder. It's like, oh, I know. I mean, oh, don't, this is tough. Wait, don't you remember that well-developed and very prominent character from the previous two films? Harry's Butler. Harry's Butler, <laughs> where he's definitely present in all those pivotal scenes. Pivotal? Pivotal scenes. <laughs> oh, am I? There. No, Mr. Osborne, you're very much in. More Willem Dafoe, please. It's a spy folk could happen, but it, it didn't necessarily not work out for everyone. I imagine there would have been some retainer involved for some of the actors in terms of having to wait. Yeah, again, that sweet Sony money. And also, Anne Hathaway's prep for her character yeah. got her the role of Catwoman because this in The Dark Knight Rises. I think they call, they call time She on... literally, I think she described it once as she basically just went from one audition room across the corridor to another <laughs> with the same prep. And they went, The same yes. costume, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the same. I'll, just take, I'll take the white bits off of it. There they called go. time oh, cool. on Spider-Man 4 in, what, 2010? Yeah, so amazing. So just before the Dark Knight. So quick. Um, 2010. Yeah, two years after Dark Knight. Two years before Dark Knight Rises. January 2010. January 11th, 2010. Mm. And my birthday. Congratulations, Um, you killed Spider-Man 4. I did kill Spider-Man. They put a teaser poster out. I did kill birthday. There was a four in the middle of a web. Yes. And now production had begun Um, because pre-production had begun at that point. They cancelled the production. Uh, um, So... Anne Hathaway must have gone straight onto Dark Knight Rises, oh, yeah. and then they would have immediately put um, Amazing Spider-Man into production because that came out in 2012. That would, yeah, that's a fucking quick turnaround. Yeah, because and it, it shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if nothing else, that film does show that it was kicked out the door pretty quick, and it's a shame because they're at the heart of. Because the heart of it is Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, yeah. and they are like they are kind of kind of beating heart of it, and they are such a good watch. Yeah, so the, the chemistry worked out so well. Yeah, it became a thing. Yeah, it's and then there were a thing I think during number two. Yeah, and again was and the only shows. strong thing in number two yeah, was no, their, I, their scenes. The rest of number two was fucking hot garbage. Yeah, I have a soft. Spawn for that piece of shit. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, I hit that. Oh. Jamie, Jamie Fox, Jamie, Jamie, no, Jamie, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so I, I'm not familiar with the comic book movies, really. What, what sort of prep do you want me to do? Well, just watch, uh, just watch Batman Forever and watch Jim Carrey. <laughs> then watch the opening scene of Iron Man Three and just see what Guy Pearce is doing. Uh, and then basically just put on that glasses and wig that they're wearing and do that. Yeah, yeah just do cool. that. Just do that, Jamie. Okay. Okay. I was in Ray. <laughs> yes, you were, Jamie. I, yes, you were. I was nominated for an Oscar in one category and won an Oscar in another. 
in the same year. That and now is... I'm Electro. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because... Like, and that he's done Robin Hood recently. He's had a bad run of things, hasn't he? Mm. He's got the Cuba Gooding Jr. Oscar curse. Oh, no! But he also gets like residuals for any time someone plays Gold Digger. So he's probably doing fine. Is that regularly now? I've not heard that song in a while. It's like the only Kanye song that's like comfy to air on radio, pretty much. The radio edit of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I the, radio the radio edit, edit of his yeah. others are just... Terrible because they have to heavily reword the choruses completely now. You're such a freaky girl. Oh, I want to listen to the album. You're such a fucking hoe. Okay, it, cheers, oh, Kanye. Oh. Thanks, Kanye. Thanks, Kanye. You're such a freaky it's girl. Funny you mentioned radio because I. Uh, uh, so radio. We listen to a little bit of radio in the car now and again. Um, <laughs> radio. We all yeah. have one. Radio. We all have one. <laughs> but we, everybody so, has In the wake of in the wake of leaving Neverland. Oh, um, Christ. Oh, well, this is taking a... Yeah. Ta- talking of cancelled projects. We're going to go with a 90 degree turn. This morning... Uh, the breakfast... Popular breakfast, breakfast show. TV show. I think whichever one has Eamon Holmes and his wife on it. That's, yeah, that's yeah, Eamon Holmes present this morning. Yeah. Time, um, it's now on six times a week because they, they have rotating presenters. They had Holy crap. The guy... The, the bloke who played Oliver in the movie on because he apparently... He apparently Wait, was a sperm donor. The bloke that played the movie Oliver, what? Uh? The bloke that played Oliver. Oliver Twist in the, the movie Oliver. Oh, in the movie Oliver, right. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. We were he like, Wait, there's a character because in Leaving Neverland? Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking of Finding Neverland? Because he was mates with Michael Jackson. Yes. Because yeah. he was in the Louis Theroux or Martin Bashir, I forget, yes. documentary. He featured uh, quite heavily And in he that. was apparently a sperm donor for Michael because a lot of people think that one of Michael's kids is his. Like, biologically. Well, well yeah, because they're all white. <laughs> Yeah, like that that seems to be a topic of conversation that never really comes up. Yeah. Like, the but dude he, is biologically a black dude. But they basically had him on to defend and, Michael Jackson in the wake of leaving Neverland, right? Mm. And he and he and he and he says like, you know, you only have to turn on any radio station, and you know, within ten minutes, you'll hear a Michael Jackson song. At which point, me and my girlfriend looked at each other and went, "What fucking radio station did <laughs> you listen to? When was the last time you heard a Michael Jackson song on the fucking radio? Yeah. Or like, for that matter." When's the next time you're going to hear a Michael Jackson song? Yeah, on the like, it, it, that's what struck me as slightly oh. odd about all these radio stations, like kind of putting their foot down, going, "Never again." We'll never play a Michael Jackson song on our radio station ever again. It's like, had you been? Yeah, like I, I wasn't but, aware that you had. Like, it wouldn't have made any difference at all had you just taken his CDs and just chucked them away. You should, you should give Olivia Neverland a watch. I've yeah. seen the first episode. I have yeah. not seen the second yet. It's hard. It's a hard watch. The first episode has that horrific breakneck moment of, and that was the first time that blah, 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 you just go, whoa, hang yeah. on, we spent 30 minutes watching yeah. all these happy videos. Because there, there was a powerful series of uh, images that were burnt into the back of my brain. Yeah. Um, which, thank you for digging them back up. Thank That's you. all right. That's all right. No, it's... Next, you should go onto Netflix and watch The Disappearance of Madeline McCann. Um, I could do that. That is true. <laughs> or fun fact. No fun fact. I have shared a dinner table with uh, Kate McCann. Have you? I have. Because uh, she was. Um, I think we've just found the title card mm, for the podcast. Mm, she was. She, she was a trainee <laughs> anaesthetist once upon a time. My dad oh. taught her. Oh. And she's oh. she's been oh. she's been to my house. Oh. Ah. I don't know if that. I don't know if that gets featured in the uh, documentary no, 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 or not. No, 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 no. An, an, an anaesthetist. 
An anaesthetist, you say? Um, hmm. here, well, here's anyway, this. Is that watch always... the documentary, see if you can spot stuff we oh, haven't spotted. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> um, I spent the first oh, God, this two episodes really of that. <laughs> I, spent, I spent the first two episodes of the documentary just <laughs> infuriated, trying to wrap my head around the, the idea that that many people thought it was normal to leave infant children yeah. in a room alone. Like no, it demo- no, it's not. But like all the British people in that documentary, are like, mm. yeah, it's perfectly normal well, thing yeah, to do. Just, you know, you the just, room was in eyesight you know, around the corner. It wasn't <laughs> like it was around the corner. It was not in direct eye line, and you were like a hundred yards away as the crow flies. But you had to actually go out of the restaurant and round the corner and round the front. Right, thing so there's no way. Oh you no, see. don't worry about it. We can see through walls. Oh, also the also the window to <laughs> and their stretch room like Mr. Fantastic. was on the side of the building facing the street, not the side of the building facing the restaurant where they were all having dinner. Right, but also all of the families that were on that holiday were doing the same thing with yeah. their children. Um, and like all the British people that are like, yeah, it's perfect, perfectly normal thing to do is go out to dinner and, and leave your children, you know, within within a safe range. And then the Don't Portuguese you... people talk about the case of like, is are, that are they is mad? that normal? Is that a thing that British people do? Because that's not something we do in in Portugal. <laughs> oh yeah, and I do... spent my I just spent the first two episodes of that thing like trying to wrap them, like, why is no one calling them out for this? What the fuck? Every young person think, and American on Twitter was when the documentary dropped. I guess, like, I guess at the time, it would be, it's a perfectly fine thing to do as as everything is going fine. You know well, I mean? yeah, I suppose. You do it, you, say if you do that half a dozen times and you come back, the kids are exactly where you left them. Nothing's happened. Nothing's a problem. You're like, okay, this... But as soon, as soon as one kid goes missing, for everybody loses their mind for twelve years. <laughs> then all of a right. sudden, it's a huge issue. One kid goes air quotes missing. Oh, for... <laughs> oh God! Go to McCann conspiracies. No, we can't do that. Not on this podcast. Yes, and now can. your emails. But we're not done. Oh, <laughs> you haven't got. You haven't sent us any emails because literally no time has passed since we recorded the last episode. No. Nah. That's the magic of podcasts, baby. Man. I'm sorry, I'm just sat... For those listeners, I'm sat here looking at Chris while he cradles this tiny fur baby in his arm. He's gently... I'm called Charlie, thank you. <laughs> you shave too often to be called a fur baby. Well. Well, at least I assume you do. Actually, I haven't seen yeah, you. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it's been a while since we lived together. I haven't seen you out of your top for a while. Um, yeah. I go on segue from that big no, man. No, I can't. I we're at two. We're at two and a bit hours. We've gone on so many tangents. Can I? Should I, should I try and um, sort of appropriate what I think an email might? Please be? do. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. Do. It's time um, for your emails. A live email. Um. As as reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wait, what's your Tom Monty voice? Hang on, it's Vincent Price. It's, it's crap, Vincent Tom Price, basically. Monty. Tom Monty. It's the it's the closest thing I can do to Vincent Price. I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna do, I'll do I'll do my I'll do my fruity actor voice for it. Oh please do. As referenced oh, yeah. in Doctor Who episode three hundred forty five. <laughs> 
Which one's that one, Matt? The, <laughs> the Solarians have an allergy. Wait, wait, are we counting individual? Are we counting serials as single stories or individual episodes? <laughs> individual episodes only, withstanding. So we're probably in the John Pertwee era at this point. Okay, yeah, yeah okay, okay, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> and it is stated that the Silurians yeah. are allergic to metal. <laughs> But however, in episode 624, mm-hmm. it, it is said that they aren't allergic to anything. Come what on. is what is truth? It was Eric Sayward's fault. <laughs> Eric Sayward and his bloody and Cybermen. And his bloody Cybermen. You see. He didn't do the Doctor Who reluctantly answer oh, the question. Matt and Chris, to live and Doctor Who fans, wonder why it's the only thing people want to talk about. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Well, uh, what, sorry, what was, the, what was the name of the person who sent an email? Oh, it's my approximation. Actually, no, it's Tom Monty's brother. Oh. John Monty. John Tonty. John Tonty. Tom, if you're listening, you, Mon- ha- you have a brother that we had us 12 not no, told not, you about. Let's not, let's not dunk on Tom. Like, oh, there no, there no, are no, other people who send us... No, no, the reason I'm going for Tom Monty is because... He has his a delicious name, voice attached. It's, it's the name yeah. I remember really, really easily because of the stupid yeah. voice you choose to do. <laughs> the stupid which voice. Tom may or, which Tom may or may not sound like. I, I guarantee he doesn't sound like that. Um, uh, he might have a robot voice. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm Thomas Monty. Tom Monty. Um, but this is John Monty. This is his Mon, long-lost no, brother. Mon, no, Montonti. Montonti. Oh. Ah, oh, Montonti. Charlie, do you not have a serious question for the serious podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we demand to be taken seriously. Um, <laughs> Instead of inventing robot twins for our occasional emailers. Oh, oh well, no, I could, I, I, I could ask a, a question. It's one, it's one that I have already asked. Okay. Oh, okay. But we are drunk, so it so could be a different outcome. Both boys, you can answer together or individually. Oh. You right. Like psychic yeah, yeah. twins. Yeah. What you got? What you got? What you got? Answer together or individually what? Yeah, uh, that, that's it. <laughs> we can answer together or individually. You're right. You're, 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 the question was, you're right. You're right. Um, uh, Chris, you go first. Are any of us ever really all right? There's always summer, isn't there? Yeah. always summer. That's true. So, mm. so that's kind of I'm vibing at the minute. Con- constant fear of terrorism. Yes, yeah. on the horizon. Article 50. Article 13. Yeah. Yeah. so many articles will we have to watch New Mutants and review it for the podcast yeah. and whatever that other thing is what was it Morbius Morbius is coming everywhere how many, the inevitable heat death of the sun how yeah. many well, I mean, that's five billion years have we seen today that's a whole other kettle of fish that's a whole other kettle that's of fish that's a whole other worry yeah a whole other ocean of fish Dying. full of acid Fucking and plastic hell. full of acid so guys Plastic. No, just no. No. We're not alright. We're not alright. We are decidedly unalright. Wow. But you know what, Charlie? What? You're alright. Hey. You're alright. Hey. Tell the people at home slash at the end of the earphones where they can find you. What, I don't what, want you to find me. I want to remain hidden from all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he just wants to do his shopping in peace. God almighty. No, you can find me on... <laughs> I have uh, an Instagram and I have a Twitter, both of which are uh, at Charlie DeMello, so D-E-M-E-L-O. Don't send me anything. I don't want to hear from any of you unless, <laughs> unless, 
Unless it's to fulfil my request that I made... About two hours ago. No, no, several episodes ago. Months ago. Months ago it would have been. Of either Matt or Chris or both as the hypothetical superhero of Dogman. If you could do me some fan oh, art. Yes! Because I really oh. I re-listened to that episode what, a few weeks ago just because I like the sound of my own voice. Why would you And I realised that my life more my, my life is bereft of Dogman. Of hand-drawn uh, animated if you'd like to pictures of Chris <laughs> and or Matt preferably nude preferably with a cape <laughs> on all fours. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If we're wearing capes are we technically, technically speaking, nude? No, no, technically you're not. But all right, what I want is genitals. Just pictures of the <laughs> genitals. Actually, don't worry about them being dog men. Just pictures of the up close. <laughs> Just hand drawn. What was the, what was the question? I don't know. Just send in pictures of Matt and Chris's genitals. <laughs> Actually, yeah, and if you can do both of them, and then we can kind of compare and contrast and see what you think either of them, who does better? So if we oh, could, Christopher. If we, if we could do that as fan art, please. Oh, he's, 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 he's right. Using the hashtag, <laughs> the hashtag Big Damn. But only because, only because I, I, I silhouette something. mine and, and draw portraits of its shadow. Average at best. <laughs> So yeah, they do that. Do send send me that, but otherwise, don't send me anything. I don't want to hear from any of you. But you can send us stuff at yeah, BigDamCast on Twitter, BigDamContact at gmail.com. You can catch adventures in backlogging and many of the streaming shows on twitch.tv slash BigDamStream. Please don't send us pictures of our genitals. And do you know what? Leave us a fucking review on iTunes, you oh, lazy bastard. Oh yeah, do that. It's been a while since we've had one. And um, even if you just give us five stars and write the word... <laughs> then that'd be fine. I think we're a solid three-star podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, and the, when you're writing your reviews on iTunes or wh- wherever you get your podcasts from, if you could put Chris or Matt's name so that we can work out who would be better, who would come off better in the genital drawing contest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of starting now. Make I'm, I'm sure... Gonna, I'm going to lean into this now a little bit. Um, make so, sure that you pick out your favourite presenter. Yes, so when the snap comes, you know who you want to survive. Whose mm. genitals will remain. Yeah. Yeah. In and Earth 616. Will crumble into ashy dust. Oh, and the desperation for views, uh, reviews and news, uh, <laughs> when that gets so desperate that when you eventually... Uh, Hang ourselves. Re- well, we no, no, whose genitals like, we use. No, result in a fight to the death. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, right, okay. To just to just to make sure you get those views up, then we'll, we'll know we'll to... know kind of how many people are kind of vying for vying for each win. of yours. Who uh... do you want to place a wager on when we inevitably enter a murder fight? Mm. One two men enter, one Matt man leaves. leaves. <laughs> I do have money. <laughs> like I'll be taking bets. You can get in touch with me that actually. Get in touch with me on Instagram or, or, or Twitter about Matt and Death's... Matt and Death? Matt, Matt and, Chris, and Death. Matt and Matt, Matt and Death. No, I don't want to be linked with Death, please. <laughs> Matt and Chris's fight to the death. We have a very casual relationship. Hello and welcome. <laughs> welcome <laughs> to my new podcast. I'm Death this week, my guest pestilence. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you see in the papers. Like, those pictures were taken out of context. <laughs> Which is very, very good We friends. are very close friends. 
We have been for many years. We just like the taste of each other's chip balls. There's you know? nothing going on between me and death. So just, I know because this, this kind of uh, fade out has been the we'll stressed just, out a little while. We'll just, just loop the theme. Just yeah, just so that people don't forget. Please don't get in touch with me unless it is hand-drawn <laughs> pictures of Chris and or Matt as Dogman, preferably nude, cape, some kind of dynamic pose would be great. I want detailed genitals. I want dynamic poses. I want... Um, if, you could, and if, if you could send hard copies to me, I have a lot of wall space that needs filling. Um, we could send hard copies to is you. Is that a euphemism? It can be now. <laughs> And on that note, this has been the last episode of Big Damn Cat. <laughs> we literally have nowhere to go from here. Genital pictures, please. Oh, good lord. Bye. Genital pictures. Don't forget. Challenge my on Instagram. Me and the other.